0: Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Dan Move Related Show. Right on coming. I'm, I'm just sorry. I got thinking about other things. Fuck it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. I'm your host, John Campia. And we can already tell it's going to be one of those days. It is good to have you here. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia. And it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you. Our international friends gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV streaming, sexual innuendo jokes, and all sorts of good stuff. And of course, joining me over here, this little inside joke, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir?
1: John, I am basking in the afterglow of witnessing something I wanted to see for over 40 years.
0: Me naked. You, we we have not even discussed it yet for forty years. Nope, <laughs> we have not even discussed Moon Knight yet, even be, be, behind the scenes. Like,
1: I didn't want to ask you what you thought about it until we started the show. Uh, I just, I, I won't, I will wait, I will refrain till we discuss it. We will talk about it and just a, in just a little bit here. I did watch it twice.
0: Uh, I only had a chance to watch it once because I did watch it at midnight, Same. but still uh, sitting over here, of course, because it's Wednesday. She's here on Wednesdays. Erin Cummings is here. Oh, what's she reading?
2: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't see you sitting there. I was busy reading my April 4th issue of Soap Popper Digest featuring... This sweet oh piece my of ass God. right here. Wow. Yeah, that is my sweet piece of ass. My husband, Tom Zagnan. <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. that's a full page spread. Oh, not just that. Uh, he spreads like a multi-page, both, a double page spread. Um, there's a picture of me. But uh, when I had breast cancer, there's a picture of us. And the only image, public image of baby Tommy Um yeah, I, I was doing some publicity for something else, uh, for an organization that I am the ambassador for, Baby Quest, for anybody out there uh, needing some IVF financial support, and the they sent out a, a press release saying that she's married to actor Tom Degnan. They just had a baby, and Soap Opera Digest saw the press release, said, oh my god, we love Tom Degnan, who, by the way, if you were a One Life to Live fan, he played the fourth or fifth or something joey buchanan on one life to live and he played somebody on as the world turns uh, and lots of other fun things imdb and they called him up and said oh my god soap fans really miss you can we find out what's going on with you and so he did this this great uh and it's on newsstands now so if you want to find out what's going on with my sweet piece of ass tom degnan check it out because i
0: know my day's not complete until I've read my soap opera document. Uh, uh,
1: you know, uh, let me tell you, as a lifelong General Hospital fan, sometimes I dip back in. because Luke and Laura, baby. Robert Scorpio, Anna Devane, we're ta- Sean Donnelly passed away. Yeah. But uh, the actor who played Sean Donnelly.
2: So uh, also, I'm secretly gunning for him to get on Young and the Restless. Just my ooh. personal dream. I would love that. Would
0: he be an abbot? That's the question. I don't you know what that it?
2: means. I just know that he would be working every day and I would be able to take a bath in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, Sitting beside
0: uh, Aaron today is Chris Carr, who is here also. Chris, how are you doing?
3: Hi. I also go by Aaron's sweet piece of ass. That's also my name. <laughs> that is her <laughs> name. So, mm-hmm. you know. And it is a delightful
0: honor to have you guys here joining us here today. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, We're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you'd like to get a live comment or question on the show, you got to be watching live. That's the most important thing. But just use the Super Chat feature in the live chat and send that in, and we'll read those off when we get to the end of the main topics. Now, uh, we turned it on about 60 seconds ago and it's almost full already so you've got about another 45 seconds to a minute and a half to fire in a super chat if you'd like it read right off and then we're gonna have to shut it down uh for the day also a little bit of housekeeping guys want to remind you that if you need your daily fix of the john campion show but you can't be in front of a youtube video good news there is an audio only version of the show called simply The John Campia Show podcast that you can find on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Just go on over and grab it so it's there when you need it. Also, don't forget, guys, that we now have a separate podcast feed for our show, Movie Club. And of course, yesterday, Rob, me, and Ray, we did the newest episode of Movie Club, and we talked about Man of Steel, uh, what I think is the most underrated comic book film of all time. It was a great
1: conversation, I think. It
0: was a wonderful conversation yesterday. I enjoyed it a lot. So go and subscribe to Movie Club today so you can listen to it at your leisure. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get into some off-the-tops here, shall we? We got a number of them, so let's start off with this. You know, it is an understatement to say that Game of Thrones is one of the biggest shows of all time. It probably is the biggest pop cultural phenomenon show ever. Like no television show has ever dominated the entire landscape of pop culture like Game of Thrones did. It was absolutely incredible. Set every record for Emmy Awards and wins and like cables, viewership and everything you can possibly name. It did. Now, of course, it's come to an end, but we've known for a while that there is a prequel series coming. That's called House of the Dragon, which is set how long before? Like
1: 300 years?
0: Several hundred years before the events of Game of Thrones. So that's coming there. But now we actually have a release date and it's really interesting. It's really interesting. So here's what we got. This is coming to us from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. Uh, the wait for the much-anticipated prequel is almost over. HBO has announced that the debut date for the Game of Thrones prequel from George R.R. Martin, uh, Ryan Condal, and Miguel, uh, I always mispronounce his last name, Sapocek, uh will premiere in August, on August 21st. So we're almost April, May, June, July. We're like That's four, very soon. Like a little over four months away from this thing launching, which I'm super excited about. What a
1: year this is shaping up to be.
0: Oh, but it gets more interesting because here's the thing um interestingly house of the dragon will debut ahead of that other big budget fantasy series that's in the works amazon prime videos the lord of the rings the rings of power series the streamer already announced that its upcoming J.R.R. tolkien adaptation is coming september 2nd so what we have here ladies and gentlemen is we're gonna be living in a world where both the new game of thrones series and the new Lord of the Rings series are going to be running at the same time. Uh, with, with you know, with the House of the Dragon coming out of the gates a little bit first. And then Amazon. And I got to tell you, that put a big smile on my face. I am absolutely rabid to watch both of these shows. I'm very excited about it. So, uh, yeah, August. I was honestly thinking they were going to push it to like December. I didn't think we were going to get to December. Maybe even announce, because this is what HBO does, maybe even announce... They changed it to an early 2023 release, but it's coming in like less than five months now. I'm stoked about it. Rob, you hear about this. Uh, What do you think about, number one, the release date coming in August? And where's your anticipation level for this show right now? And this show and Lord of the Rings running at the same time. What do you think?
1: First of all, I can't help but chuckle because House of the Dragon is, of course, Warner Brothers, HBO, that controls the Lord of the Rings movies and The Hobbit. Films and they're making War of the Rohirrim, the animated show. Well, now Amazon has taken over (laughs) the Lord of the Rings rights. I can't help but think this is a not unsubtle middle finger to Amazon show, which I love because it's a horse race now. Now we're going to have two shows that, like you, I'm very excited for both. But we're going to be able to compare and contrast, and I think in a way it's going to be very graphic, healthy competition to see which shows better, you know, and people are going to have to, I mean, obviously the show is going to be completed. There's not going to be really much time to make mid season course corrections because they'll be pretty much done, but it's going to be very interesting to see these two epic fantasy shows. I mean, arguably Tolkien's Lord of the Rings world began the modern fantasy epic in the modern, the modern age and, and game of Thrones, which started in the nineties, sort of took what Tolkien began, classical fantasy, classical European folktales, and brought it into a very sort of modern arena in terms of what it was dealing with in terms of the portrayal of of interpersonal relationships and sex and violence. So it's two sides of the same genre. And I'm really excited to see how they're going to be dealt with. You know, I'll,
0: t- I'll tell you right now, I don't believe at all this is any kind of a uh, Warner Brothers sticking oh. it to because here's the thing. You ever notice that when you go wherever you go, if you go to buy a car and you like drive to a dealership, you realize there are 12 other dealerships, like all on the same block. <laughs> or you go to an area of town where there's you're looking for some McNuggets or fast, some McDonald's, there's going to be four or five other fast food restaurants there because they know they like to create these areas where people know that's where we go to buy cars, that's where we go to this. I honestly think they planted that there, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was some communication between amazon and hbo because i honestly think both of these shows playing at the same time i honestly believe this is going to help both of them oh I'd, i think I'd, you're I'd right think so. about the people we're going to be contrasting comparing them oh That's yeah what we do but i think this is creating you know like if you're a fantasy genre fan these are going to create like must watch weeks like
1: absolutely i, watch I weeks. agree but it was nice it's funny that hbo is like mm, we're going to drop it two weeks before your show
0: I have a thing they both probably knew exactly when their shows were dropping. Like, like when by the time we find out, like the people in the executive offices, they all yeah. know these things. But they absolutely I don't know, knew we'll what see. they were
3: doing. Mm-hmm. August is my birthday month, and they were like, <laughs> we're gonna make Chris Carr feel so seen. Yep. <sighs> so what do you
0: what do you think about this?
3: I'm I actually my, my excitement level is increasing for this show. Because before we've talked about this off the show, John, that I, I still feel like they did my girl Danny dirty. You you stand by that that was the only way to end the show, and I respect that.
0: I, I said for years that was exactly no. where it was going. It was the inevitable conclusion I just, for her. I still Nobody just love... believed
3: me, though. No, we all thought she was going to stay this wonderful, wonderful character, and what a turn. <laughs> um, but it was very, you know, compelling. Uh, shout out to all those young moms who named their child Daenerys. That Whoops. is the <laughs> most
0: hilarious thing I remember after the finale. Like, literally stories from around the world of parents who named their yeah. daughters How do you say your name? Daenerys. Daenerys, Daenerys, like naming their kid that is like, whoops, it's like naming her Palpatine. How how great
1: is it when those kids actually sit down and watch Game of Thrones and realize, oh, wait a minute, wait, mom.
2: Yeah, what's going on here? I have a friend named Nirvana and she goes, I'm so happy that they actually turned out to be a cool band. That could have gone really bad. Oh, man. It was named Nickelback. Oh, sorry, Nickelback. Low hanging fruit. I actually right. like Nickelback. I'm sorry, it was oh. low hanging fruit.
3: <laughs> I I do think though that I'm I'm excited to see the show because I like when we do kind of historic looks at things. Like I love a whole bunch of the uh, Lord of the Rings universe, right? I love the Simurgh and yep. all of that kind of stuff. And so I think this is going to be really really cool to look back at it. My concern is I don't want it to be. And I know it's one of your favorites. I don't want it to be a Smallville situation where I'm like, I know none of this matters. I know none of this has any consequences Mm. because I know who Clark's going to end up with. I know how things are going to pan out for him. So I'm hoping this is kind of a deep dive into the history of this world and also just sets us up for those things that we know are coming, but in a really interesting and foreboding way.
0: That's why I like when you talk about I don't like the idea of Star Wars prequels because you know how everything turns out but I'm okay with going to High Republic or Old Republic because as long as you put enough time between you where everything that's happening has its own Mm -hmm. consequences, it can't be five years before Game of Thrones because then you know how everything turns out. But hundreds of years before, maybe you'll know how one or two important things turn out, but for the most part, it's good. So that's why I kind of like that choice. Mm -hmm. Aaron, were you a big Game of Thrones watcher? And what do you think
2: about... The release date and playing at the same time in Lord of the Rings. So when Tom and I first started dating, he was like, listen, uh, if, if this is going to go anywhere, I'm really going to need you to get on board with Game of Thrones. So he lovingly re-watched the first four seasons, which is where the game, the show was at that point. Rewatched the first four seasons, videotaping my reactions to everything without me knowing it. There is still video. of. Ta-ta, ta-ta.
0: did he videotape you watching The Red Wedding? He did. I got to see that tape. I totally got to see that tape.
2: I... I was bawling and I ran out of the room and flung myself face down onto his bed and sobbed for probably 10 <laughs> minutes. And that then I started, the I started. Are those the I only tapes watched.
1: that exist? Because that's a little weird, isn't it? Did you know this was going on?
2: uh Yes, Rob. Okay. There might be other tapes of me and Tom together. What are you asking? Oh,
1: I just <laughs> wanted to know that, that you, if you knew you were being. Fine, Rob. Taped. I'll
2: show you our sex tape. Um, I'm sorry. What?
1: I just want I to did know. not know
2: that I was being videotaped. No, I did not know that. That's I, all I was asking. No, I did so it was a genuine reaction. It wasn't like an actress moment. Right. Of, right. Oh, this will be fun. Well,
1: because that's that's like John, I would love to see <laughs> that tape of the Red Wedding because I love remember when those you had reactions of people on. Oh, some line, of the best oh. videos I've ever seen
0: on YouTube are the, the uh the, the montages of Dude, the collected red wedding reactions. I some know, of the best
1: videos I, of all time. I know oh, and if you didn't know you're being taped, I, I, I mean I, I i can't imagine because i'd read the 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 you know i knew what was yeah. going on but oh man when P, it was so fun to watch i kind of felt a little sadistic you yeah. know watching like <laughs>
2: oh yeah there, there, there's several of those um he, he he there's he should do a compilation video but what i you know what this reminds me of is um back in the 90s gen x i see you uh tgif It was the greatest night of the week to watch television. You had uh, Steve Urkel. I mean, like there was a whole lineup of comedy shows that you could watch, and it was sort of like everybody gathered around the television on Friday nights. Great way to keep kids at home. Um, But this kind of is a similar thing. Is as you were saying, John, you make it a destination that people go. Okay, I'm back in front of my TV. Um, I am and and I like how there's you know we have one that's kind of leading everybody in and then we're gonna be following it up I was yeah I was a huge game of Thrones fan um and I agree with you John I love the idea of bringing it way way back but we're still gonna have the families even though we're not going to see all of the characters that we've grown to know and love we're gonna get to meet all these other new characters, but they're going to have the Targaryen line. They're going to have. We're going to see the genesis of when these families separated. Who had alliances then? That now we know, you know, is at war with one another. It's going to be really exciting for those of us who were big Game of Thrones fans to sort of to see the genesis of all of the drama we've come yeah. to know and love.
0: Well, guys question is for you have you been looking forward to this i am i think matt smith looks awesome in this yeah by the way exactly. I, oh
2: that is matt smith oh yeah, wow yeah. that's oh, Matty ice who's, who's the woman next to him i cannot remember okay that's okay i
0: cannot remember but i know Riza fons is in it as well and i love him so i'm pretty excited about this question is for you guys are you excited about this it's coming in august what do you think about the fact that it's pretty much going to be playing at the same time of lord of the rings I'm not going to lie. I'm very, very stoked for that. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into another off the top. And it's an unfortunate one, but it is this, you know, we have been making jokes for the last 15 years or so about Big B Bruce Willis because pretty much in everything he does the last number of years, he just he literally just phones it in and sleepwalks through it. And, and the reason we tease about it is because we know how good of an actor he actually is. And, and that's been the part for me that's been frustrating because if he was only a modestly talented actor, who cares? But we know the guy is amazing. He's so good when he turns it on, you know? Well, um, apparently uh, Bruce Willis and his family have made the decision That he is now stepping away from acting. Uh, They're not using the word retirement, but I think it's pretty clear. Bruce Willis has announced that he's pretty much retiring from acting uh, as he's been diagnosed with a word that I was unfamiliar with, a a medical terminology I was unfamiliar with, aphasia, which is apparently a uh, condition where you start I have it right to... here.
2: I can read it if you want. Oh, to... yeah, go ahead. Read, read uh, that. Aphasia is a language disorder that affects a person's ability to communicate. It can occur suddenly after a stroke or head injury or develop slowly from a growing brain tumor or disease. Aphasia affects a person's ability to express and understand written and spoken language. Once the underlying cause is treated, the main treatment for aphasia is, sleep, is speech therapy.
0: So, uh, building off of what Aaron just told us about here's what the Hollywood reporter has written Bruce Willis is stepping away from his acting career after being diagnosed with aphasia which leads to the loss of of ability to understand or express speech. His family said in a statement posted to social media to Bruce's amazing supporters. As a family, we wanted to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities, read the statement as a result of this. And with much consideration, Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him and meant so much to many, many people. Now, I don't know from what you were just reading, Aaron, If this is a... It sounds like there are treatments. I don't know if this is a treatment that can just slow it down? I don't know if this is a condition that can it be... It
2: says treatment can help, but the condition can't be cured. And there's okay. also
3: at least three different types of aphasia, because they can affect different parts of your brain, so different lobes can be affected. That's why certain ones are really, really uh, tied to speech recognition. There's others that are just basic item recognition, not knowing what words are in connection to the item it actually is. So there's a couple different types of it as well.
2: And it would be interesting also to find out... Um, thank you for that, Chris. It'd be interesting to find out um, if they choose to relate. Really this information obviously this is very private but what the underlying cause of the aphasia was did he have a head trauma did he have does he have a brain tumor did he have a stroke did he have you know a head injury as this is saying is that it's not it it comes from something else so i think that that if they choose to release that information of what caused the aphasia i think that might also give us more information um
0: so uh, look obviously this is news that literally dropped about 10-15 minutes before we started the show today so we have not prepared in any way, shape or form to talk about the glorious, fantastic Hall of Fame, frankly, career of Bruce Willis. But I just wanted to say this. If this is the end of Willis's career and he decides to hang it up at this point, And by the way, health issues or not. This dude has put in his time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He has given not only has he given us a large amount of movies, some of which maybe not so good. He has given us some of the most iconic movies and movie moments and movie characters of all time. If this is the end of his career, even now, it's already, I mean, you you know, I go to the sports analogies, but it's already been a Hall of Fame career. It's not like he needed to act for another seven or eight, nine, ten years mm-hmm. to get his resume to the point that we could consider it a legitimate Hall of Fame career. Bruce Willis is a first ballad, first year Hall of Famer. Period. End of sentence. Even if it was for nothing other than Die Hard, but he has a, hes kind of like Tom Brady in that way. Like even if you took Tom Brady, take away the first four Super Bowls from Tom Brady's career, he still has a Hall of Fame career. I would suppose, propose to you that even if you take away Die Hard, Bruce Willis has had a Hall of Fame career. Um, and I think, without having had time to process or think about this, all I can say, as a film fan, is thank you, Bruce. Um, For the years of entertainment and fun and imagination and joy that you have allowed fucking suckers like me just sitting on my couch to enjoy and experience viscerally through your performances and what you have given to us. So if this is the end of the road for his thing, and again, I feel terrible that we're unprepared for this because I'd love to do an actual look back at the career of Bruce Willis. But if this is the end of his acting career uh just uh, just thank you Bruce thank you for that R- Rob you're hearing about this at this point uh what's your first reaction the first thoughts that come to your head
1: well it's it's nice though that if if this problem is going to persist that it was diagnosed to the point where where he can leave gracefully and 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 uh be with his family but i think about you know i think about the first time i like moonlighting,
3: dude, Mm. I'm watching,
1: watching him, watching the banter he had with Sybil Shepard, the will they won't they, you know, it was, he was so good in that. He would even pop up in like an episode of Miami Vice, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then of course Die Hard came out in the summer of 88. And I remember when Die Hard was first coming out, John, people made fun of it, you know, like, oh, Bruce Willis is going to be in this, you know, the ad was this movie will blow you through the back of the theater. And I I saw the film, it was a, they used to do this more often than now, but they showed the movie publicly in theaters as like a preview before it officially opened. Like, I think it was a week before it officially opened. And I went with a friend of mine and we were kind of like poo-pooing it, you know, making fun of it. Like, oh, we'll go see this because there's nothing, whatever. That lasted about 10 minutes into the movie. And and people don't remember, but the credits for the opening of Die Hard run like through the first 15 minutes of the film and you knew it was different. And by the end of that movie, I mean Bruce Willis. It's like this guy kicks mm-hmm. ass. I mean, we already knew he was funny, but to see him as this this scrappy action hero, and then I have to tell you, uh, he did. He worked with so many interesting people. He worked with directors like Alan Rudolph, and he worked with Brian De Palma. And I love what he did with Luke Basson in the Fifth Element. I love Corbin Dallas. I always was bummed out they didn't make another Corbin Dallas movie, but I, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Willis and. um you know, I, Unbreakable. I'll always be looked back fondly at his career.
0: You know, it's it's funny too because we're t- obviously look it, and totally understandable when people think of Bruce Willis, they're going to think of Die Hard, of course, maybe the greatest action franchise ever, right? But I wasn't kidding when you look at his other things. You mentioned Unbreakable, mm. which I mean was a superhero movie before its time, right? right. Before the superhero genre, Pulp Fiction, Fifth Element. Sixth Sense, Sin City. I mean, this guy was able to like move in and out of different types of movies all the time and always deliver a memorable character. Chris, uh, when you hear about this, about the idea about Bruce Willis now stepping away from acting and, and moving on to the next phase of his life beyond that, regardless of with the issues that are forcing him to yeah. do so, what are the things that come to your mind?
3: Man, I always tell people that they should watch his screen test for moonlighting (laughs) because it it is just it is you're watching a star being born Mm. and you can see it, too, against the other gentleman who is up and he does a great job. He just does such a different, different job with it, which is one of the great things about acting. Right. There's not a wrong way to do it. There's just a stronger way to do it, usually. Mm. And Bruce Willis is just pure charisma he doesn't give a shit. he's just doing what he wants in this scene and it pays off and it's so so great i'm so glad you brought up sin city because i remember that just kind of being this rebirth moment for me of being like yeah bruce willis can kick so much ass in films he can really really deliver and all that gritty noir narration that he was doing in that was so wonderful and I don't care what anyone says, even the people involved in that film. Die Hard is a Christmas movie and I watch it every year. My friend Tiffany loves it. It's a tradition.
0: Mm. By the way, I forgot to mention films like Looper, 12 Monkeys, one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies of all time, Armageddon. I love Armageddon. That's
2: what I was actually going to talk about is before everybody wanted Liam Neeson to be their dad in Taken, who didn't want Bruce Willis yeah. to be their dad from Armageddon. Yeah. I mean, the man is willing to walk into a meteor exploding <laughs> moon. I mean, come on. Like, I wanted to be Liv Tyler, yeah, to make out with Ben Affleck, but also to have Bruce Willis as my dad. <laughs> you know, he was awesome in that. And I, I love that his first credit was in 1984 decades ago in something called The First Deadly Sin as man entering diner as Delaney leaves. (laughs) As man entering diner. So, you know, and then, you know, his first guest star was in Miami Vice. He did The Twilight Zone. I mean, also, he was, in addition to being a badass action star and being a hilarious comedy star, he was also, like, the coolest of the cool of the cool. And whether or not, whether it was in Pulp Fiction, which he was just so cool in, or in Friends, where he was just the coolest guy. and Like, he just comes in and he's like, you're just the coolest guy ever. By the way, you, I'm so glad you said comedy
0: because it reminded me there's a comedy in probably, maybe not my top 10, but probably my top 20 favorite comedies. And it's one that he did with the late, great Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, it was called, co- and uh, the one star from Friends, Matthew. Oh, the whole nine yards. The whole nine yeah. yards. Yeah. I, the, the sequel, we not so the much. The sequel, not so much. I love the whole nine yards. Like Michael Clark Duncan says the immortal words There's nothing finer than a fine naked woman with a gun. <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan, but I love that movie. That is so fun.
1: Well, but, he had such a great run, like you pointed out, um, uh, uh, 12 Monkeys, Yeah, working Mm -hmm. with Terry Gilliam. I mean, he had such a great run in the 90s, working with all these diverse directors on all kinds of different films that really showed his versatility as an actor. I mean, Pulp Fiction, it's hard to believe, is 28 years old this year.
2: Mm, Wow! But
1: man, he had a great run of films, a really respectable body of work that any actor would be proud of.
2: One of the things that's always so fascinating to me, especially about performers, because, uh, you know, we... uh, performers and anyone who's in the public eye, it's always about, well, what have you done for me lately? You know, well, yeah, so what, you have an Academy Award. Yeah, you did that 10 years ago. Nobody cares anymore. You know, I think that there is a value to just saying, but you did it. But you did it not just once, not just twice, but over spanning decades, still managed to have, you know, a a family, still managed to have, you know, uh, like the guy has really already at the, just at this point in his life lived the kind of life that so many people would envy four, five, six times over, and you know, hopefully, this is just another chapter in the Bruce Willis tale that you know he is able to tell us about himself one day.
0: Guys, question is for you uh, here in the news that uh, Bruce Willis, due to health issues, is stepping away. Uh, from acting, what are your thoughts? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the incredible career of Bruce Willis? Obviously, all of our best thoughts and wishes go out to him and his family as well. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do a third off the top here, and that is this. You know, there's there's a pretty significant movie on its way out. Of course, it's the next chapter in the wor- Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It's Fantastic Beasts, the third one, and The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, the second film was not received so well, uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I am not the biggest part of it. I actually quite enjoyed the second film. I thought everybody was great, including Johnny Depp. I thought he was terrific in the film. But now we've moved on to the third film. You know, they obviously went through a big casting change, Johnny Depp out, and man, if you're going to take him out, <laughs> you can't do much better than bringing in Mads Mickelson. I think the trailers for this have looked really good. I've been quite enthusiastic to go see it. I'm actually going to go see this movie in a couple of days <clears throat> and I'm excited for it. I know Anne's excited for it and we'll see how it turns out. Jude Law looks great as, as a young old Dumbledore Dumbledore. Well, there have been some screenings for it already and the first reactions to it are coming out and they're pretty much really good. Um, let's go over and take a look. This comes to us from digital spy who just highlighted a number of people who have saw it. Now, the most lukewarm one comes, comes from Ian Sandwell, who writes, uh, improvements, a Fantastic Beast sequel Dumbledore is an improvement on the sequel, even if only fleetingly recaptures the magic. Mads Mikkelsen is a huge upgrade, but the MVP is Jessica Williams' uh, Lally? Lally? I don't know how to pronounce it right. Anyway, it's just overstuffed and unsure if it's a Beast film or a Harry Potter film. <laughs> now we hear uh, from Xander Harbert, who writes, Secrets of Dumbledore is a magical menagerie of homages to the Potter films, boasting a new slate of wondrous creatures and mythos. Fantastic Beast 3 rectifies the fans' biggest qualms with Fantastic Beast 2, offering answers, groundbreaking moments, and epic battles in this love letter to misfits. I like that description. A Mm. love letter to misfits. Uh, Dave Lee. A guy I know writes, "Uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore is exciting and enjoyable Wizarding World adventure. Thankfully, leagues above the previous, it's probably the best Fantastic Beasts so far. Great character work, fun adventure, and amazing duels. Fans should really enjoy this one. Uh, Griffin writes, "Uh, Steve Cloves miraculously salvages a sinking ship with Fantastic Beasts 3. But it doesn't fully fix the larger issues with the series. Still, by far the best of the three. The series feels fun again. The layers of Dumbledore are peeled back and explored in interesting ways, and we had a good time. Then, obviously, somebody we know very well, Perry Nemiroff, writes, Secrets of Dumbledore is a big bounce back for the Fantastic Beasts series for me. Back to enjoying a group of dynamic and... Caring, oh, Sorry back to enjoying the group dynamic and caring about the main mission a little thin here and there but a far more engaging ride than the last dan fogler continues to be a favorite and the niffler so the reactions coming in are actually quite good i mean it kind of feels refreshing to talk about positive reactions again after we've been talking about the reactions coming out for morbius lately uh, or the lukewarm ones we've been seeing coming out of Sonic. It's kind of cool to hear about this. Now, look, I have been looking forward to this one, Rob. You know, I've been kind of excited. I think the, the trailers to marketing have been great. I love the addition of Mads Mickelson, even though I thought Depp was very good in the role. Uh, I'm very encouraged to hear these. What do you think about the reactions we're hearing, and where's your expectation level right now?
1: Right? Well, you know, I think it was the second trailer that came out. We talked about it on the show. Um, I really liked it. You know, I thought it was really engaging, and it looks, it looks like it delivers... The kind of, I, I like what what is, uh, misfits uh, a uh, celebration, a celebration of love a, letter to misfits a love letter to misfits. I look a misfit team that comes together to uh, accomplish a task, a goal, a mission. You had me at hello. I love stories like that, and and you could tell from and Fogler looks like he's great in this. Fogler is also playing Coppola in in The Offer, is yeah. he not? Yes, he is.
0: He is uh,
1: I can't wait because I love Dan Fogler, and I I think that it's it's gonna be. Uh, uh, it looks the movie looks great to me, and I wish I somebody gave me a wand. You know, he say, why why can't I have that? Can't somebody give it to well, me? Well, you, go you
3: to can. and get them. I have one,
1: but it doesn't work like it does in the movie. Um,
3: it well, does. You go, you go to certain sections it, of it, the park, Rob. That's right.
0: If you go to the Harry Potter World and use your wand in certain spots. Magical things happen,
3: dude. We'll go get some fire whiskey. We'll get Big, some
0: wands. I mean, it's it's even look. I'm not part of. It. Even I got to say, it's a pretty good time going there. And and she go she always goes to the things and uses the so wand fun. and.
2: Tom and I got invited to a, um, uh, the, um, we, we did a thing about breast cancer um, on Extra and their holiday party, they had rented out the entire Harry Potter world. And so if, That's you, awesome. yeah, if you can imagine, there were maybe like a hundred people, 150 people at the entire party and two of them were me and Tom. And we got on, and so you could ride the rides as many times as you wanted. So we would literally get on the ride. We'd ride it. Tom would go, spiders. I would cover my eyes. And then I would, and then we would get off the ride. And before our little train, had even gone back again we would just get in another car we would ride it again it was amazing I did find out that Butterbeer though not beer. It's not no. actual beer. No. It's basically yeah. cream soda. I drank that whole thing, got mm. so sick to my stomach, yeah. and wasn't even buzzed. I was Shuggy. really, really annoyed.
0: Well, let me ask you, though, what did you? What do you think about the reactions we're hearing from it? Where have your expectations been for this thing, and, and where are they now? Are you looking forward to this?
2: Uh, my expectations have been in the toilet, because I'm not a potterhead. I just really <laughs> enjoyed the, uh, the thing. I do, World. I do think, though, I did read... Honestly, so long ago, one of the first Harry Potter books when it first came out, I never really got into the movies, not that I didn't like them. I just it wasn't my thing that I was looking for. However, now that um I've got a little one, and I feel like Harry Potter world is going to be a thing that oh is just, it's coming
1: it is oh, ubiquitous
2: yeah. <laughs> to our culture, especially and i and I want to raise a little reader, so I feel like um in the next in the next decade, my life is going to be all pottered out so i I probably should should get caught up. <laughs>
0: Chris, what about you? Where has your expectation been for this? Mm -hmm. What do you think about the reactions we're hearing? And what are your feelings on it now?
3: I I was one of those little Potter kids because the books came out when I was the age as Harry. And so I get in trouble for, you know, putting my sheets over my head and having a flashlight and reading the book and staying up too late reading all of them in one night. Um, I will say my expectations for this have been a little eh just because of some some other issues involving this film, some of which we're gonna get to later on in this show. I don't know um, what on earth you are talking about. I know, what could I be about? alluding to? Hmm, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> but that said, I got to see the second film at Universal, Um, with the cast and a whole bunch (gasps) of other folks, which was really, really fun. Um, And while the second one did have a little less of the charm of the first one, I also didn't think it was, you know, as egregious as other people made it out to be. Uh, This one does look great. We love Daddy Dumbledore. Yes, Jude, get it. Um, And I really, really... (laughs) Hey, Look at him, y'all. Look at him. Um, (laughs) I love Dan Vogler. And I'm so happy Jessica Williams is having this moment where she is the standout here. I loved her on Daily Show. Yes. Two Dope Queens. Love her. Such a good podcast turned special. Uh, Like, I'm so excited to see what she brings to the table in this film because we got a little bit of her last time. I want to see more of her. And I feel like we a lot of the early trailers we were getting to, we weren't seeing many fantastical beasts. And we didn't know where to find them. Where were they? And now the latest (laughs) ones have shown us more of that. And that's what I want to see here, too. I want to see that Niffler. I want to see all these different creatures coming in. I'm so excited that we've got the Phoenix coming to see Dumbledore Fox. That's going to be wonderful. So I'm hoping that this is a visual feast that gets back to its roots about being that group of misfits banding together.
0: All right, guys, question is for you. The early reactions for Fantastic Beasts 3 are sounding pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm excited to see it. Question is for you. What do you guys think about this? Where's your expectation levels right now? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Coinbase. Have you found yourself curious about getting involved in cryptocurrency, but if you're like a couple of friends of mine who have been really interested in it, they felt kind of overwhelmed by it, like not even knowing how to get started. Well, that's where Coinbase comes in because they make learning to buy and sell crypto simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio, Portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. And that's why millions of people all over the world in a hundred different countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today. With Coinbase, and for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com/slash-Campia. Sign up at Coinbase.com/slash-Campia for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's Coinbase.com/slash. Campia. And thank you to the good folks at Coinbase for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Make sure you use that Campia promo code, get that $10 of free Bitcoin, and thank you again to them for sponsoring the show. Alright guys, with that down let's move into our main topics today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in the show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime, 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today?
3: Our first topic comes from Edgar G. I think it's safe to say many of us grew up on the Muppets in one form or another, either with The Muppet Show, Sesame Street, Muppet Babies, or whatever. I just read online that Ron Howard is going to be doing a feature documentary on Jim Henson with Disney behind it. I've always wanted to know more about Henson, so I think this is great news. What do you think, and would you watch a Jim Henson documentary?
0: There are few creative celebrities in this world that I am more fascinated by than Jim Henson. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've often said, I'm not usually big on celebrity biopics, musicians or, or whatever, but I, people have always asked me if there was one biopic that you would watch, I've always said the same thing, Jim Henson, Jim Henson. I would love to see one on Jim Henson. A documentary is not what I had in mind, but a documentary by Ron Howard. Mm. Yeah. About the life of Jim Henson. Are you kidding me? Listen, when I first moved to Hollywood, when I first moved to LA, I moved into an apartment uh, in Hollywood right on uh, sunset. It was called the, what was it called? The poinsettia apartments. And it was right across the street. If you guys remember the opening to Entourage. They would the whole opening of Entourage, would they be driving down Sunset Boulevard? And one of the big things they featured as they were driving down Sunset Boulevard is the Seventh Vale Strip Club. Oh, oh, yeah. Right across the street from my apartment.
3: <laughs> By Bossa
0: That's yes, right beside Bossa Nova. That's right. You've arrived. Oh. Your,
3: your apartment complex might be where I met my husband. Really? Right <laughs> yes. beside the Ralphs? Yes. The Rock and Roll Ralphs. Logan, let me know if I'm correct in that because it was on Poinsettia. Point were, were you up? dancing that, so that, in the Seventh veil? That was where, but, <laughs> No. But literally, I'm, like
0: in I'm my apartment, which was across <laughs> the street from it, my, the way my friend described it is like, at night, like if I didn't have the blinds closed, with the blinds closed, it was fine. But at night, if I didn't have the blinds closed, you could see the the flashing neon lights of the Seventh Veil, in which my friend says, calling like an unto a circus to children. Uh, <laughs> with the, with the uh, but all that being said, but right up this road from where I lived... Was the Jim Henson Company on La Brea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. right on La Brea. This gorgeous, beautiful building there, and it was. And I've always been fascinated with him. And oh my God, responsible for one of my all-time favorite films, The Dark Crystal. Yes. I mean, I, I, mm. I just, I have joygasms thinking oh, about yeah. The Dark Crystal. I love that. Damn you, Netflix for canceling the show wimpa. after season
1: oh. I hate your
0: wimpa. Mm-hmm. it's. I just everything about that movie is so great. Anyway, uh, I got to tell you guys. I love this idea that they are going to be working with Disney. So, you guys, so I'm expecting this will probably be a Disney Plus uh, original that they'll probably drop on that. Although they, ha- they haven't announced what their specific plans are for it at the moment. But right now, to me, this sounds great. Uh, Aaron, you hear about them wanting to do that. Ron Howard is going to be directing. A Jim Henson biopic. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Oh my gosh. I, I you know, I can't imagine anything being more, um, American, not, not even American, but just more saccharine sweet apple pie, uh, Hollywood culture than Ron Howard, um, like everybody's favorite Opie, directing this documentary. And I, and I actually am excited that it's a documentary because I think that what we're going to see is a lot of, Um, You know, private footage. They've said that they have some, you know, uh, footage from him and his family and a lot of behind the scenes things. And I really want to know about the man himself. I want to know what his inspirations were, how he came up with all these things, the team that he built around him to build the entire company. I do think that from this documentary there will be a narrative one day. but my only issue about trying to learn about a person through a narrative story is that there's so much interpretation and creative license that has to you know take place in order to tell a full story. Whereas with a documentary, um, you're being given that person and their experience. And I love the fact that this is being done in full with full cooperation. From Jim Henson's family that shows to me that um, this is going to be a portrayal that really gets in deep and that they're going to have access to things that they wouldn't have if they were doing it otherwise. Right. Um, For me. My all-time is um, the the original Muppet Show. Um, oh, we're yeah. here to turn the lights. It's <laughs> time
1: to put on makeup. Yes. It's time I mean, it, to light the lights. It's it time used to, to be get started on the Muppet Show tonight. tonight.
2: It Sorry. used to be, like, my hero used to be Miss Piggy, and to a certain degree, she still is. But now that I'm, like, an old crabby bitch, I kind of like those two, like, crabby Muppets that just complain about everything. And Waldorf.
0: Yeah. Yes,
2: exactly. I feel like Rob and I could have our own show like that. <laughs> Not saying that Rob is a crabby bitch, but you're kind of a crabby bitch. <laughs>
0: I think it would be a in lot of, the best especially way when possible. it
1: comes to Star Trek.
0: Yeah, it's get him talking about Star Trek. He's yeah, yeah. totally
1: turn yeah. us down World yeah, like yeah. Waldorf. But I yeah. would love to sit in a balcony with you and, and opine on things. That, and I'm, just
2: complain
0: and yeah, just yeah.
1: like,
2: you know, tell everybody what we think yeah, about yeah, them. Yeah, it'd be great. No, and, and I Let's also, do that. I was also a big fan of the cartoon Muppet Babies. Yeah. I mean, Muppet like babies. they're already so cute. And then they're just in smushy size. Um, Yeah, I I was I was a big fan. And I still to this day tell my mom how um, them not having access to HBO. So I did not get to see Fraggle Rock as a child has scarred me for life.
3: Cast your (laughs) beards away. Worries for another another day. day. Let the music play. And who doesn't
2: start crying immediately when you hear um, Kermit sing Rainbow Connection?
0: Yeah, but that's from the movie. Uh, Yeah. (gasps)
2: It doesn't matter what is
0: wrong. Just, just the opening. Listen, I it would I would I would put forward that the opening banjo notes Ugh. of Rainbow Connection are nearly as iconic as the opening notes to Stairway to Heaven. Because the moment you hear that dun 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 dun, oh. you know immediately what it is. You get flooded with those emotions. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. What do you think about the idea of a Jim Henson uh, documentary by Ron Howard?
3: I love this so much. Jim Henson and Mr. Rogers are my, my two mm. big guys who made me want to be in like film and television. Um, and then Madeline Kahn was the last piece of that puzzle. Oh, yeah. Um, and I
1: could see that. Right? Yeah. Well, because yeah.
3: Jim and, and, and Rogers both came from this as this is an act of service. And, and that's what the entertainment industry should be. And that's what actors should be. They are, they're servants of stories. Like and and you have a, a certain kind of service to to public people and their takes on education and how certain things should be acceptable to all. Uh, it just made me really, really want to perform. I love him as a human being. I think he's such a fascinating individual. His work is incredible. I'm a diehard Muppets fan. I know every word to Muppet Christmas Carol. Logan just watches me watch it. <laughs> and every time, too, I'm like, that's just us because I'm Rizzo and he's Gonzo. <laughs> like, I, I love the Muppets so, so much. Anything that is made about them, I'm going to consume. And this team with the families blessing behind it too you know this is going to be a very very good documentary
0: and they're going to have great access to a lot of stuff on this as well by the way i just want to give you a little bit more information on this this comes to us from deadline who writes oscar winners ron howard and brian grazer are teaming up with disney original documentary for what is promised as the definitive portrait of jim henson the legendary creator of the muppets the nonfiction project from howard and grazer's Imagine documentaries is being produced with the full participation and cooperation of the henson family according to a release and will present a fascinating and intimate look at Jim's illustrious career creating treasured characters and revolutionizing television and film. With never-before-seen personal archives, the film will give audiences an exciting first-person view into the life of one of the world's most inspiring and iconoclastic creators through exclusive home movies, photographs, sketches, and Henson's own personal Diaries, Rob, one of the exciting things about this, too, is the fact that they're going to have such amazing access with the family working with them. What are your thoughts on this whole project?
1: Well, when I first started working in the business, my first regular job was I worked at Warner Brothers in the the executive end. And one of the very first people I met was Lisa Henson, his daughter. And she was a senior vice president at Warner Brothers, one of the most impressive people I had met. And every night at the end of work, I would hang out in her office with her. She was kind of like a mentor. I had a crush on her. She was very intelligent, really a nice person, and I never got to meet her dad. But if she was any indication, she inspired me and gave a twenty-two-year-old guy new to the business um, a lot of time, and uh, she really inspired me to continue to move forward into the into into my career. And if she's any indication of the kind of man Jim Henson was. Um, a very impressive man indeed. Obviously, I grew up loving his work. By the way, my favorite Muppet, call him a Muppet if you want, was Mr. Snuffleupagus. Oh, um, you know, because people never believed he existed, mm-hmm. except mm. Big Bird. You know, he, to me, he was the he was the he would show up and be be just awesome that he existed, and then he would disappear. And people were like, what What are you talking about? Yeah. I love Mr. Snuffleupagus, but um, yeah, I can't wait to see this. And you know, he did a series. Jim Henson did a series called The Storyteller. Did you guys ever see I, The Storyteller? I'm not
0: teller? familiar
3: with that. I know One, of The Storyteller. You don't love it? I said I know of. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. As a matter of fact, my friend Taylor White gave me a laser disc, and I gave a Japanese laser disc because it hadn't come out domestically, and I gave it to Lisa to have her dad sign it for him, and she did.
3: Oh, I love
0: so. that. That's so Amazing. great. Oh Question goodness. is for you guys. What do you think about that? I'm not going to lie. I, I, this is a project I've been waiting for for a long time because we, you know, we did grow up on, on his stuff, including th- and And listen, there wouldn't have been any Yoda if there wasn't Jim Henson. It had there had Jim Henson up and around, you right. know, who of course worked with Frank Oz. And then the, like it's just amazing the impact he's had on so many people and careers. What do you guys think about this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic Number two. Chris, what is
3: our second main topic today? Topic two comes from Michael Johnson. Happy Wednesday, Campia crew. Nearly 20 years after delivering her Razzie-nominated turn in the multi-Razzie-winning Catwoman, Sharon Stone might be making a return to the comic book genre. She's in talks to join the DC movie Blue Beetle to play the role of Victoria Cord. What are your thoughts on her possibly joining this film?
0: This has been a really interesting project that they've been bringing together because you guys remember when they first announced that they would be doing the DC character Blue Beatles movie. It was originally announced that it was going to be for HBO Max, much like the Batwoman or Bat, uh, yeah, Batgirl, the Batgirl movie that's coming out. Then a little while ago, they did an about face and they said, you know what? No, we really believe in this thing. We're going to put this thing theatrical. This is going to be a theatrical movie. Then they went and they got themselves, I cannot. I never know how to pronounce his first name, the kid from- um,
3: What's that? Isn't the kid from Cobra Kai playing? From
0: Cobra Kai yeah. and uh, Zeal. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I never have. Because I, it's one of those names I've read a million times that I've never actually said it out <laughs> or heard it spoken out loud, that he's going to be on it. And now a very interesting little piece of information here. Sharon Stone, who I know Rob has a hot toy
1: figure of Sharon's, or at least uh, a, a, a... A quarter scale statue.
0: A quarter scale statue. Oh, wow. Statue, basic
1: instinct. I mean, basic instinct of you know, Sharon Stone. It's Grace Kelly in Rear Window. And Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct are the two, my two fantasy, if I could marry a movie character,
0: mm-hmm. so I'd want to
1: marry one of those two girls. It, it
0: sounds like out of nowhere comes her name that she's going to be the villain in Blue Beetle. Now, this comes to us from Joe Blow, right? The following, according to The rap, Sharon Stone is in final talks to play the villain in the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. Stone will play Victoria Cord. If, the, if that name is ringing a bell to some of you, at least the last name it should, yep. who is set to be a new character created for the movie. It was also announced that Raul Max Trulio from Minds MC, I love his character in Mines, uh will be playing uh, Carapax, in carapax the indestructible man in dc comics jamie R- uh, riaz or Jaime riaz i should say becomes the third person to take on the mantle of the blue beetle after dan garrett and ted cord notice the last name of sharon stone's villain uh, when he discovers a blue beetle scarab that morphs into a battle suit allowing him to fight crime and even travel through space now this is where it gets really interesting first of all there's two interesting things here one sharon stone being in this DC movie, which is great to me. But secondly, the fact that her last name is Cord Mm -hmm. and that she's the villain of the film. Now, a lot of people, when they first announced that they're doing a a Blue Beetle movie, they actually thought Ted Cord was going to be the Blue Beetle because there there have been several of them. Ted Cord's kind of been the one that's been the longest tenured Blue Beetle.
1: And has the relationship with Booster Gold.
0: Right, and Mm -hmm. is the one who has the relationship with Booster Gold. So a lot of people thought that. So it'll be wonder... I wonder... And Rob, I'm going way out of limb with nothing to stand on here. That's I okay. We wonder, do that all the time. <laughs> I wonder if the storyline here isn't becoming revealed to us here. I wonder if Ted Cord was Blue Beetle, betrayed by his sister, mother, whatever, Victoria Cord, played by Sharon Stone, and the scarab went to Jaime. I mean, I, I just wonder if that's being revealed to us now. Could so, be. I mean... I, I think it sounds interesting. What do you think about this? I know you are a Blue Beetle fan. I know you are a Sharon Stone fan. How does this news strike you? What stands out to you the
3: most?
1: Well, I mean, look, I, I'm i a huge fan of Sharon Stone. And, you know, I'd like to see a Stone Essence happen because after Basic Instinct, she did Casino that she got a, an Academy Award nomination for, which I thought she was terrific in. Um, I think, yeah, this could very well be something along those lines. It sounds like that's kind of where they're going with it but i love the fact that they're doing a blue beetle um uh movie i i think it's really interesting it looks great they've shown some production art our our friend philip Boutet, who i did an interview with for the designing hollywood podcast that's on this channel john he's working on this right he's now. working on it right now and uh he he's really enthusiastic about it he couldn't really say anything but um uh i i think this project is shaping up to be quite good i i, I can't wait to see it i'm glad that it's going to be a theatrical release
0: Chris, you hear about this. Number one, the person who wrote in brings up a good point. This will be her second spin at playing a villain in a DC movie. First one didn't go so well. One of the three worst films maybe ever made in Hollywood history. But what do you think about Sharon Stone? What do you think about the fact that she comes from the Cord family? How are you feeling about the movie overall in general right now?
3: Well, I love me some Sharon Stone. I think she's mm-hmm. wonderful. I'm so happy to be seeing her doing more stuff. She was on that delightful Will Arnett improv show on Netflix um, where yeah. the guest star oh, the murder mystery yeah. one, where is the copy, where they improv the whole thing? Yeah. That's and she's crazy that she's show. She's hysterical on it. It's so fun cuz he keeps trying to talk about how he shouldn't fall she shouldn't fall in love with him and she's like, "Yeah, no problem. No." Problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so I'm so happy to see her doing more and more stuff. I've always loved her. The Cord last name is fascinating because we, of course, have Cord Omniversal. So, is she going to be a power-hungry executive who wants the Scarab and its technology for herself? Is there a direct uh, correlation to Ted? You know, there's a lot you can unpack there, and I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm hoping it's a bunch of family drama that we're going to see mixed in here. I think that'd be really fun.
0: By the way, I've, one of the I've only seen about two episodes of Murderville. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that I watched was the one with Marshawn Lynch. He's amazing.
2: He so
1: God, so, uh, he's so funny.
2: So he's so funny. I love Marshawn Lynch. I, I look. Tom ta- has been talking about Marshawn Lynch for so long, and has been showing me clips of him in interviews since before he was doing any acting. And also just tells me stuff that he hears about him. And I'm like, you know what? I there's not a lot of like professional football players that I would want to actually just be friends with and hang out with. I would love to be buddies with Marshawn Lynch cuz he just seems like someone who is so awesome and he's so funny and I, I and and I he also is a very smart business person. Yep. From what mm-hmm. he did with his NFL money, and said, you know what, I would like to retire at a time when, and 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 when all, everybody would be going out and ordering like steaks and the most expensive bottles, he'd be like cheeseburger, you know, like he would. He kept his money. He made strong. But decisions. let's talk about Sharon Stone. Oh right, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. I forgot we were talking about. You, it. I love Mark
1: As a former Seahawk, he's one of the greatest.
2: Yes, um, I am so excited about this. I love Sharon Stone. I, I would also love a Stone Assange. I think that's a Fantastic term, and I think we should absolutely use that as much as possible. She's a brilliant actress.
1: Basic Instinct Three. She can do it. Oh, you're. She can do it. Uh, Come on, Basic
2: Instinct Three. If she is executive producer and has full. Approval over every single shot in that film. I still think it was so if you don't know the story behind uh, the famous flash in in Basic Instinct, it, it's a really messed up story that um, today she could sue the bejesus out of everybody involved. And it's really it's just a, another one of those horrible stories of what has happened to women in Hollywood and also her treatment on the set of Casino also horror story um you know and so this is a woman who has persevered if you don't know the stories i'm talking about go look it up they're really interesting um she has persevered i loved her in ratchet if you saw the 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 series um uh ratchet that she did she was really fantastic she also uh, was in The Disaster Artist. And I remember when I um, my agent called me and said, so you're being offered you know, this role in The Disaster Artist. This is what it pays. But if it makes you feel any better, Sharon Stone is getting paid the exact same amount of money. And I was <laughs> like, well, if Sharon Stone takes the deal, I'll take the deal. Who am I? Um, so, yeah, she, I, I think she's a phenomenal actress. And also, I was kind of doing a little bit of a reconnaissance on her representation situation. And she in 2017, she signed with uh, one group of representation and she's no longer with them. She's with someone different. So uh, Artists International Group, uh, her managers currently, clearly you are responsible for the Stoneissance we are about to see. And I humbly thank you.
0: All right, guys, question is for you. It looks like we're going to get like Hollywood icon Sharon Stone as the villain in Blue Beetle. What do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that her character's last name is Cord? Are you looking forward to this? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three, shall we?
3: Chris, what is our third main topic today? It's from Raza Hyder. Hey, John and Crew. Yesterday, a Reddit user noticed some interesting edits that were made to episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. One scene, where Bucky throws a metal bar at a woman and it goes through her shoulder, now shows the bar bouncing off of her. The other change, when Zemo shoots the scientist, the scene originally showed him with his eyes open and blood all around him. Now there's no blood and his eyes are closed. Why do you think these edits were made a year after the show premiered and could other series could uh, be edited as well? All right, this is kind of interesting. Thanks a lot
0: for writing that in, Raza. So, yeah, look, we have heard in the dawning of the streaming age there have been a couple of times and stories have come out about small edits that have been made to movies for insert reasons splash one of the big ones was splash right where there's a scene in splash where a we understand to be naked daryl hannah uh run turns around and runs into the water and we get a little bit of butt crack In the shot. However, in the streaming version of it, I can't remember, was it Disney Plus? Yeah. Disney Plus decided in that moment, in that shot, to digitally make her hair longer to cover the butt crack. And it looks god-awful. It did nothing to the movie. It did nothing to change anything about the movie. You just didn't get to see Daryl Hannah's ass. It made no difference to the film whatsoever. However, it did introduce the notion that streamers or well let's face it george lucas introduced the idea that you can go in and change movies anytime you want back when you did star wars special editions but in the streaming world it kind of set off the flare in the air that the streamers can make minor changes if they want to it was hilarious to me to see how many people made a bigger deal out of that particular issue with daryl hannah but that being said we have seen this happen a couple of times and now we have a situation where they've gone back. I mean, Falcon the Winter Soldier is their show. I mean, they made it; it is whatever they want it to be. But they have gone in apparently and made a couple of very minor changes, but changes nonetheless. One of the things he mentioned in there was the shot that in the there's at the top the original shot that we saw in Falcon the Winter Soldier, and now if you go in and watch Falcon and Winter Soldier today in that same episode, you see this. I'm sleeping. Uh, yeah, nappy time. Again, nothing about the show, the story, the flow, the narrative, nothing has been impacted or affected. It's just that we don't see blood coming out of his mouth. The question is, why make that change? The only thing I can personally come up with is with them bringing over the Netflix Marvel stuff, the R-rated stuff, the Daredevil, the Jessica Jones and whatnot, that maybe they want to make sure there's a more distinct difference between what we have on the main Disney Plus and what's behind the parental controls on Disney Plus. I mean, I have no other explanation for that, to be honest with you. For me personally, as long as the changes that get made are these quite frankly inconsequential changes i'm okay with it it's the material changes that start to worry me let's go back again to the star wars special edition the changing of the awesome ewok song at the the yub nub song that's a material change the change of han encountering jabba the hut at the dock that was a material change to the, that was an entirely new scene I mean, it was one that Georgia originally shot, but still, it was an entirely new scene. That's where I still start to get a little bit concerned. At any rate, uh, this comes to us from the folks over at CBR write the following. Reddit user uh, Moon in Mulan writes... Uh, first reported the two changes to, that Disney Plus made to the show, which both appear in the third episode, Power Broker. The first edit is visible in a shot of Hydra scientist Wilford Nagel, which we just watched, his dead body, which is no longer splattered with blood. Nagel's eyes are also closed, and the blood has been removed from his mouth. The second edit comes later in episode three when Sam Wilson, Bucky Barnes, and Sharon Carter go up against a band of bounty hunters. Bucky originally pinned one of the combatants to a shipping container by hurling a pipe through her shoulder, but now the pipe glances off her chest. This, unfortunately, causes a continuity error because, as Bucky's opponent is later shown, pinned against the container. But, you know, whatever, what have you. So, I'll be honest with you. These are such inconsequential and minor changes. I don't know why they did it. I don't know what the point is. And quite frankly, if I had gone back and watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier again, which I have no plans on doing, so I didn't think it was that great. But I probably wouldn't even notice that there's a difference. Chris, you see them making these changes, Mm -hmm. these differences. Number one, why do you think they bothered doing it? And then number two, does it make you worry about a potential slippery slope situation where they make radical changes to it in the future. I don't know, how do you feel about this?
3: Sure does make me worried. It changes who shot who first, right? Yeah, like, well, yeah, that, again, another Star
0: Wars example. Yeah. There's
3: some issues that could happen. This is such a big for why, for me. Um, and someone in the chat suggested, what if this is just for the parental control version? That's, that's mm, my kind like, right of thought, right? right? And, and <clears> that <throat> I think would make more sense, right? Of if your kid wants to watch it, sure, maybe we don't show the more bloody version of this. But if this is on the regular version of stuff, I don't understand the point of having something released and then going back and editing it and making it different from the, you know, the Netflix uh, Marvel shows. I feel like those already have a very different tone and vibe than the shows blood in or blood out. Like either way, you know what those Netflix shows are when you see them. Mm -hmm. They're they're much darker and grittier. So I don't understand why they did this. And look, certain edits like the splash one, you can see a butt whenever you want. Go in your bathroom, take your trousers off, <laughs> peek at yourself, ooh, all right, not a big deal. But stuff that does affect the continuity of a film, the narrative of a film, like you were saying, or a show, that is where I take issue with this, because you're, you're messing with the original filmmakers' intent and their story. And, and like we talked about earlier, we're all in service of the story, what is this in service to? Couple angry moms? Mm, that's not good enough for me
0: uh by the way uh breaking news on the rap uh george lucas is releasing a special edition of the oscars where chris rock slapped first uh by the way thank you to one of the people in our live chat who actually put that in i thought that was hilarious when i saw it anyway um you know aaron you see a change like this being made i mean this is innocuous there's nothing here it doesn't really change anything Mm -hmm. but is it important that we take note of it? Why do you think they did it? Could it lead to other editorial liberties? Maybe they take later? I don't know. How do you see it?
2: Well, let's also remember, this is not the first time that these kinds of edits are made. I mean, just as an example, um, for those of you out there who don't know, I played a character named Sura on a television show called Spartacus Blood and Sand that was on Stars. And when it was on Stars, we also were called Spartacus Boobs and Blood um, because there was a lot of nudity um and in they uh, there was a scene in which um my character is being carted off by a roman army ripped away from her husband and i'm reaching back and um my the 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 uh, body parts formerly known as my breasts they are no longer because i had breast cancers no i have new pretty ones um they are on full display as my character was being torn away but when the show was then re-aired on other networks that did not have those same uh, boobs and blood liberty, they digitally imposed a little piece of material over my breast, And so this is commonplace for when a show has been, you know, or when you see something on an airplane, for example. Um, we've all seen the, the the audio dubbing of, you mother farter, you know, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, I think that what we're going to see because there is a balance here, you know, we have these shows that we really love for being part of the genre world that we are so enamored by, but also being a little bit more gritty and a little bit harder and a lot more blood and um, and then we also have the the wider audience that should be served a younger generation that we want to be able to grow up and have the same kind of passion and love for these ty- for this genre and i feel like there has to be a little bit of service to both in a way which i think what we're getting to is Um, Having a version of this that is going to be with the parental controls on and then having the version that's going to be maybe and maybe it becomes another uh, another pay subscription like all Disney because Disney, let's face it, is for family-friendly programming, regardless of what they have uh, adopted, regardless of what they have been doing in the last you know, 10 years or so, it started and has always been for the purpose of family-friendly programming. So Disney Plus may just say, hey, listen, we are family-friendly programming and we are going to make certain edits so that families can watch our programming without any concerns at all. If you want to watch the more R-rated versions, the ones that have more you know, graphic depictions, um, then you're going to have to pay an extra $2.99 to have access to the, you know, uh, after dark version of Disney. I'm not saying they should, because I know everybody's already like, oh my God, I don't already spend too much money. I'm not okay, saying that.
1: This- wrapping my head around, what would the after dark version of Disney look like?
2: Well, it would basically have, you know, someone being pinned with, you know, so they would have more blood splatter. It would have more R-rated language. Walks gone wild. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Again, I'm not saying that's what they should do. I just think that we're edging to that because I do think it is a slippery slope when you just start saying, hey, yeah, I know that you really enjoyed watching it for this and you are an adult and you can handle, you know, someone being impaled against a wall. But we want to make sure that a five-year-old can watch this and not be scarred for life so we're going to dumb down what you get to watch too i think that is a slippery slope and you know what i am an adult and i want to be able to watch all the grit and the blood and all the graphic stuff um but i understand that as a company. They're family friendly first, and so there is a service that they have to do. I I think that we're getting into a world where they're going to have to separate.
0: Here's here's the funny thing though. Th- this is the, the the timing of this I find strange, because yeah. we just talked on the show yesterday that Moon Knight or or the other day Moon Knight has gotten a rating in most countries that's equivalent to TVMA yeah. here. So while Disney is putting that on Disney Plus, and we're going to talk about Moon Knight here in a second they're taking out a couple of blood splatter scenes i mean that's that's i mean again i don't know maybe this is like the director of the episode thought you know i i don't like the blood splatter there and the disney just said okay you're the director we'll let you go in and change it i mean i, I mean i just don't know but again it just seems weird to me that that choice would be made for that while they're airing something that is tv and ma Mm. For a lot of people, I don't know, Rob. You had a chance to take a look at this. Well, what do you think about the situation? What do you think is motivating it?
1: Well, I think like, I think we've touched on what's motivating it. I think that those depictions of violence were probably, even though they're so minor what what uh, th- that that was probably why it was taken out because seeing someone impaled is probably against well we can show someone get punched or shot but seeing someone impaled means it's R rated so but they i already
0: s- aired it i, I know. You know that's, that's why it's it.
1: it's all here's a, here's what i don't understand and what scares me the most as all of our art and all of our literature and all of our movies are being put online digitally that means they can be altered in very subtle ways that we might not even know about. Uh, you know, Mark Twain used these words back when he originally wrote Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry mm, Finn. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're a little triggering now. And let's change his. Let's, it's not a big deal. Let's change the way he wrote. Uh, you know, it was in the 1800s. It's a different time. That, to me, we're there, man. And we're there. And there are people that are like, yeah, you're right. We should change his work. And because we are infantilized and we are. And, you know, in the case of Splash, John, the one thing that bothered me about that was not necessarily that a body part was covered, but that the the, Daryl has character is a mermaid. And so you they make a lot of a point of when she's a fish, like when she's in the bathtub and you see she doesn't have body parts. When she's a human and and when she runs away, there's a moment into the water and Tom Hanks is watching her. You know, he's seeing her as a woman as opposed to a fish. And 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 there was there was a moment there that was there was the reason why they chose to do that. And I think that when people after the fact are willy nilly making these kinds of decisions, ultimately the decisions are not really, they're knee-jerk decisions, and they're not really thought about. And The long-term ramifications of this, we'll just have our society gets chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. History, none of that matters anymore. We don't have to worry. We just need to make society the way we want it now. And its I think ultimately it's a dangerous mindset. Now, that said... A corporation can do whatever they want because they own the product. And if they're a family company first, they can make those changes. Are those changes right to make? That is a philosophical question that I think that they shouldn't make those changes. But are we going to as a society, is that going to be normalized? I think Disney has the right to do whatever the heck they want. Does that mean it's right? I don't think so. Well,
2: you know what, Robbie, what you're saying brings up an interesting point that we were talking about actually before the show, which is, when we today in 2022 go back and watch certain things that were totally considered normal and and fine and um you know even 20 years ago it is shocking what was accepted then and what is not accepted now and part of it is re-watching something and going oh my gosh wow like look at how much of a different world we're in and there and there are certain things i won't say what i was referring to before but something that tom and i were watching we were i mean i was watching and i was like oh god oh my god oh why oh god i can't believe he's saying that i can't believe he's saying that but when i watched it for the first time you know i think the part of it is i i think of the world in a little bit of a different way but yeah
0: anyway guys the question is for you what do you think about this i mean honestly i don't think i or most people would have ever even noticed that these changes were made but changes were made why do you think they did it especially since they're putting out tvma content right now it's an interesting question why do you think it happened guys whatever your thoughts are jump down into the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking Athletic Greens because I don't eat enough vegetables and I was looking for a way to make up for that deficit in my diet of those vitamins and minerals that I really need in my system and thank goodness I found Athletic Greens and I literally take it every morning. You see, with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things and my wife got onto it and now she absolutely loves it. You know, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb like athletic greens. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. especially. especially. Especially heading into the flu and cold season, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/slash campia. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash campia to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And a special thank to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to the Robert Meyer Burnett portion of the show. And move on to main topic
3: number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? Our fourth topic comes from Brad Brickley. Wow, Moon Knight blew me away. Enjoyed it better than the first WandaVision episode. If the rest of the show is up to this level, it'll be my new favorite MCU series. Isaac, Hawk, and the rest of the cast and crew were superb. What was everyone's thoughts on this new show? But I mean, what mostly was Rob's thought?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let we throw it over to Rob here. Yeah, Yesterday was game day. And last night, uh, the first episode of Moon Knight. Now, just so you guys know, who are watching at home right now, at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today, uh, we will be doing our Moon Knight open spoiler discussion. So if you guys want to come back and talk about Moon Knight and that episode and all of its spoilery goodness, come back and join us for that at 4 o'clock. Now, that's it. This was a show that I was very interested in. I wasn't losing my mind for it like a lot of people, but as the ads started coming out, we started to see more clips. I started to get pretty excited. I mean, not as excited as I was for, say, Falcon, the Winter Soldier when it first came out, although I didn't love Falcon, the Winter Soldier, but I was so excited about that. Not as excited as I was for, like, say, Mandalorian or whatever, but I've been fascinated by it. So it was with great interest. That last night I tuned in to watch the first episode of Moon Knight. My God, it's awesome. It is it is fantastic. And, you know, we've got a, a tradition around here for, for game day. We, you know, Ray comes over, we get some food. My buddy Ryan comes over, hands up, and we watch the first thing. And I got to tell you, it's been a beat since we watched an episode one of a new Disney Plus show. And we're really happy with it. I was not for Hawkeye episode one I was not for the book of Boba Fett episode one Uh, it's it's been I didn't totally love episode one of Loki oh I liked it but I I mean it's been a little while since we stayed up to midnight and watched this new thing and I was hooked from frame one like you got this guy getting out of bed who's got sand poured around his bed and his leg buckled up it's like what's going on here and they immediately there's no wasted screen time in this. I mean, they dive right into the mystery aspects of it. You're trying to figure out what's happening, the cool stuff is happening, all that kind of stuff. And again, we're not going to go into any specifics because we'll save that for the spoiler discussion later. All I will say is this. I absolutely loved Oscar Isaac in this role. I loved Handsome Hawk in his role. It was great. Starting to get an idea about what's going on. And all I will say is the end sequence is so good and it's one of those things that reminds me of heroes where the first episode ends and with the, the whole thing about you know save the cheerleader to save the world and you understand at the end of heroes episode where well, like the world's gone to hell and what what caused it this episode ends with me like oh a no please don't end please don't end and right on the edge of your seat god i love this thing it's been i don't know that i've loved in episode one of a Disney Plus show like this since WandaVision episode one. Um, I completely loved it. Rob, you've been waiting a long time for Moon Knight. And heading into it, while excited, you're also a little bit apprehensive because what we've been seeing in the promos is not any of the Moon Knight iterations you remember, but rather an amalgamation of them, something new. You were curious to see how it's going to turn out. You watched the first episode. I purposely didn't ask you about it when you came in this yeah. morning. What did you think about episode one of Moon Knight?
1: Okay, I had a very interesting experience watching this show because this iteration of Moon Knight that we got is very different from that first volume of Moon Knight comics that I had read, that I fell in love with the character with. We're talking all the way back to 1980, the Doug Mensch, Bill Sienkiewicz run for the first 30 issues of Moon Knight, volume one. Very, very different. This takes... um, A lot of things from later iterations of Moon Knight uh, that really had nothing to do with the character that I had originally fallen in love with. That said, John, I love this. I thought it was something new and unique. And they, they drew from a number of different aspects of Moon Knight history, mostly the latter, the last 20 years, really. But it was so well done. It was so beautifully directed. The car chase scene, the truck chase on the on the mountain road, was beautifully done. The location work was great. They're not on green screens. They're actually they shot this in um, in Budapest, and the, the I, I, Oscar Isaac was amazing. And the way they they intercut the editorial work when they would intercut through scenes. Um, in, in periods of time, it was really beautifully done. I thought this was absolutely one of the most accomplished along with WandaVision, which was also very well directed. This was from a, uh, cinematic standpoint, one of the most, this looks like a movie, you know, it looks, it's one of the most accomplished.
0: I want want to say something. 10 minutes into the show, Ray made the Ray who was sitting out there with us said, um, this looks like a movie. It just, the way it was shot, also just the, the cinematography of it, the whatever frame rates or whatever, it felt more cinematic than any of the other previous shows I thought. It really did feel right. that way. And
1: you had two movie stars. Yeah. You know, you had Ethan Hawke, who we've been watching all the way back to Explorers in the 80s and, and, and watching Oscar Isaac. I mean, the act, Oscar Isaac, my God, is he good in this. And the cosmology, John. And I'm not, I don't, I, I don't want to say much, but the storyline with these warring gods, there's something really interesting going on here that's going to play into, I think, the greater cosmology of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and bringing in, I mean, they're flat out going supernatural with this, and I love it. I love it. I think it's incredible. And let me just talk about F. Murray Abraham as the voice of Khonshu. I mean, come on! <laughs> I, it was, you know, it, it, it. I'm
0: not gonna lie. At first, I thought it was J.K. Simmons, I, when right? I first heard the ver- when I first heard the voice, I thought is J.K. Same. Simmons doing the voice in this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, I was while it was not at all the Moon Knight that was in the screenplay I wrote when I was in high school. From not at all, I loved what this is its own thing, and I love it. And, and I, I can't wait to get the hot toys. I can't wait to see where it goes. I really love this idea, what Ethan Hawke is trying to do, and the iconography of the scales. Right, of- wait,
0: do I not want to give too much away? Oh, yeah, sorry. I yet. Uh, it, it,
1: it's very fascinating to me. And I am very, it might be, I mean, this first episode was by far my favorite first episode of any Marvel tv series even more than wandavision
0: i yeah I, it was right up by the way i'm gonna say this will be so out of context that any of you who haven't seen the episode yet you'll have no idea what i'm talking about but my my favorite moment i think of the episode that told you everything so much about the character and the charm of it whatever is two words stake time I laughed so hard and wanted to cry at the same time. Again, if you haven't seen the episode, you'll have no idea what we're talking oh, but, about. But I want to
1: time. Yeah, there's one other thing. You know, people talk about the dissociative identity disorder. Yes, that this show portrays how terrifying. I kept thinking about people that actually have it, and if this if this is anything like what it's really like to have disassociative identity disorder, I never want to have it, and I have a lot of sympathy for people that do because that aspect of the show is absolutely terrifying to me.
0: Anyway, Chris, uh, I'm going to assume you had a chance to watch it. I didn't bring we it up did. before the show because I didn't want to hear anybody's yeah. thoughts before we did it. But if so, your thoughts and impressions of Moon Knight episode one.
3: Oh, man, this was so great. And you guys are right. It did look like a movie. And I think part of that is they were just very, very judicious in how they used CGI. Even just the way the camera focused on certain things. Just you'd see something maybe in the background and go, oh, ooh, what is that? It, it's the same way how science was great until you finally saw the alien, right? Um when it's just looming in the background they're using shadow and they're using cameras to make things look really realistic and, and menacing. Oh, so good. Everyone in this is great. Ethan Hawk is wonderful. At one point though, that first moment too, Logan looks at me and goes, Who's he think he is? Billy Bob Thornton and Sling Blade? What is this? <laughs> um I loved his character. I'm so intrigued to learn more about him and what he's after. Oscar Isaac is so great. That whole stake time scene, you become so ingratiated to this character along with his relationship with Gus and other things like that. Right. I mean, it's so well done and you're left wanting more. And the, those edits like Rob talked about, oh my gosh, the final scene y'all. Oh, it's so good. It's so, it's, it's like a great version of Fight Club. A, an already great thing escalated. It's so yeah. good.
0: By the way, you, we just we've talked a little bit here about the last scene, without any details. The very first scene, the first thing that happens on camera. Mm-hmm. The well, well, I'll let you know this part. He drinks something, mm-hmm. and then something happens, and we're sitting here watching, going, "Oh, ah, ah, like we're like, yeah. no, what is he doing?" Yeah. Like I, I don't think. Like no, other, I can't remember the last time a TV show got me as emotional response out of me from its very first shot and scene.
3: And without showing anyone's face or speaking. Yep. Yes.
0: Yep.
1: I mean, I wow. was like, oh
3: my God, you know, what
1: are they doing? John, there was one thing though that I thought about after the first episode was over. I'm like, why isn't this a movie? Mm. Like, I, agree. Like, I agree, I agree. I'm watching this going, you know, they've shot this in Europe. You've got two movie stars. Sure, it's not going to cost $100 million. Or maybe they did spend a lot of money, uh, that kind of money on it. But I looked at this and I'm like, this is a movie. And I I really would have paid big money to go see this in a theater. And, you know, it wasn't, again, with those long credits, it still was only like 40, 39 minutes or 38 minutes long. And it's only six episodes. And I'm like, "Mm, I really wish this was a film.
2: It is, Rob. It's a six-hour film. (laughs)
1: Except not played as such. Well... It felt like a movie, and that's what I really liked about it.
0: I Well, I did not. Did you and Tom? I know Tom is going to watch this for sure, but did you and Tom have a chance to watch it yet? And if so, what did you think?
2: Okay, admittedly, we did not watch it. Good reason. It is currently pilot season. I had a 10- page audition yesterday for an apple tv show that i will tell you guys about after this wow so is a big cool one and a 13 page uh, sitcom audition and tom had an audition and we had to do all of those yesterday so uh and finally went to bed at 1 a.m so we are watching it as soon as I get home. But I just want to comment to something that you you mentioned, Rob, as far as like the portrayal of it um, in the chat. Uh, Jake and Shaw, I hope that I pronounced your name right, uh, shared as someone who has it. It is very terrifying. I think the show is being very respectful about it. First of all, Jake, and thank you for sharing that yeah. and, um, and, and, and for letting us know that the show is being respectful. And I think that that's one of the powerful things about entertainment is that in addition to just telling a story... It can also hopefully um, uh, elicit a little bit of compassion for people who are going through something and struggling with something that for those of us who don't have it or don't understand it uh, are, are completely immune from, you know, don't, under, don't have any understanding to. So uh, again, Jake, and thank you for sharing that. And, and I love the fact that this show is handling it with the respect that it deserves um, and will hopefully elicit some compassion and a little bit more understanding from the rest of us. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, somebody in the live chat was saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's not a movie because I'd rather a six-hour moon night thing. Well, this isn't going to be six hours. This is going to probably end up being about three hours and 35 minutes, like after you take out their 17-minute credits. Because, man, my God, I've never seen TV shows that have longer credits than these Marvel Well, MCU because the, there's, there's a lot the, of people uh, involved. Yeah, they're
1: shot like movies. I mean, and this one, uh, WandaVision also was brilliantly uh, made, brilliantly mm-hmm. photographed. I mean, oh, yeah, they, they all have been. Was, yeah. Yeah. But there was the, the stylization of this. And I really thought, I mean, again, you know, there's something about watching movie stars that have that kind of acting ability. Right. Um, Oscar Isaac was so good. So good. And I, I'm like, wow, this is, this is really something special because this performance, uh, to me, Emmy all over it. Oh,
0: yeah. Anyway, guys,
1: question is for you. Did you have a
0: chance to watch Moon Knight Episode 1? If so, what did you think? Don't forget, guys, once again, at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today, we will be doing our open spoiler discussion of Moon Knight Episode 1. Hope you guys will come back and join us. If you have seen it, what did you guys think? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number five.
3: Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? (sighs) Ugh. topic number five today from reboot flash the day after the bar incident ezra miller is having a restraining order filed against him he was staying with a couple and apparently broke into their bedroom stole their wallets then threatened to kill them wb has to boot him this is unacceptable i feel horrible for everyone else who worked on the flash movie but this is insane thoughts all
0: right thanks for writing that in reboot flash all right so unfortunately yesterday on the john Campbell show we had to talk about an incident involving ezra miller that once again, being in the news for all the wrong reasons, uh, he was at a, some sort of a club establishment in Hawaii, uh, where apparently he got drunk, did not enjoy the karaoke that a young woman was singing on stage, uh, was yelling obscenities at her and then physically ran up on stage and physically pulled the microphone out of her hand. Then when, He was being criticized by a dude playing darts. Ezra Miller then went and lunged at this individual, uh, continued to be raiding, insulting, uttering threats. The bar staff tried to calm him down. He wouldn't calm down. Eventually, they had to call the police, and he got arrested. And if that all sounds familiar, it's because this has all happened before. Uh, A single incident has turned into a pattern of behavior. But apparently, the story got much, much worse when the next day he did something even worse. Now, this is being relayed. We're getting this uh, over from CBR, and uh, this is coming from an actual police report. But here's the story. And apparently this all happened the day after he got arrested. An unnamed couple from Hilo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Mm -hmm. Hilo, Hawaii, recently filed a restraining order against the Flash star Ezra Miller after the actor allegedly threatened them and stole from them. This is kind of disturbing. The couple has issued a petition for a temporary restraining order claiming that the actor who was staying with them threatened to kill them and stole from them. According to the court document, Miller allegedly burst into the couple's bedroom and is quoted as saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. The order also states Ezra Miller is famous and wealthy. This makes access to weapons much easier as well as sending associates to to harass the couple. Along with a wallet, and the uh, the actor reportedly took social security cards, passport, driver's license, and bank cards. And uh, at the time of the writing, these items have not been returned to the couple. And now, apparently, uh, this couple met Ezra a week earlier, I think it was about a week earlier, in Hawaii at some kind of market. Apparently, they hit it off, and they offered him a place to stay. Why Ezra Miller needed a place to stay little bit beyond me, but, you know, Ann and I were talking about this. If we had bumped into Hugh Jackman at the farmer's market and he said, I'm just in town. I haven't got a hotel yet. And he said, you mind if I crash with you? We would have, of course, said, sure, Hugh Jackman, come on and stay with us. So uh, that's that's apparently what happened. And then after the incident, after that, by the way, according to the story, this is the couple that bailed him out of jail. That Ezra was bailed out of jail by this couple. So there's, there's that. Now, what's interesting in this court document is one of the things that's being called for here is they're asking for an order and injunction not to exceed a period of three years uh, in respondents. That's of course, Ezra and any other persons acting on Ezra's behalf from coming uh, from committing those acts set forth in the paragraph. Also, what this is petitioned for is an order prohibiting Ezra Miller from owning or possessing firearms and or ammunition. So if this gets granted, like, Ezra will not be allowed to possess, own firearms, ammunition of anything sort of thing like this, which obviously right now seems like a pretty good idea. We talked about this yesterday, but I think it bears repeating. Some people gave me shit a couple years ago for making such a big deal out of what Ezra Miller did in that first incident and the fact that Warner Brothers did nothing about it. And by nothing, I mean they adopted the, the company policy was, shh, don't talk about it. Don't mention it. We're going to jingle some, some shiny keys of other superhero movie news in front of the audience and the audience is so dumb, they'll be distracted. We won't ever have to deal with a shh. And I said that them taking that approach is going to have long-term consequences. Because what they told Ezra Miller and anybody else in Hollywood is that you are above the rules. If you are famous enough and you are talented enough Rules don't apply to you. You're good. And we'll cover you. We got your back. That's what they were saying. And Ezra Miller took that to heart because their behavior has not changed in the least. And if you're wondering, John, are you saying there's actually a direct connection between this new incident and the fact that Warner Brothers didn't do anything about it before? Fuck yes, I'm saying that. Because if Warner Brothers had laid down the law with Ezra Miller made him make a public statement of apology, actually enforced some consequences on him, I don't think this would have been happening today. But that's neither here nor there. I said yesterday that when we look at Ezra, we are seeing that they no longer just have an incident. What we're seeing with Ezra is that they have a pattern of behavior. This is a pattern of behavior. And while we said about the Will Smith situation, and I still stand by this, that yes, Will Smith, there needs to be discipline and act. Yes, something has to be done, but we should never judge somebody by their worst moment. And that, you know, the, long, the with Will Smith, this is not a pattern of behavior for Will Smith. Blah, blah. Yeah, there needs to be some consequences, but it needs to be measured, and then we can all move forward and everything will be good. But with Ezra, they are exhibiting a pattern of behavior, an attitude and a pattern of behavior. He went into somebody's bedroom and threatened to murder them. To murder them.
1: After they bailed him out of jail.
0: After they bailed them out of jail. Threatened to murder them. And this is the night after threatening, being belligerent, going on stage and pulling something from a young woman's hand, lunging physically, which I don't know what Ezra thinks they're going to do. They're a five foot whatever 110 pounds and wet pipsqueak but whatever and for me personally it's as a fan it's especially upsetting because for years i have completely defended ezra miller as a performer i love ezra miller's portrayal as flash i will defend their portrayal as flash forever i think they make a great flash i really do but I I said yesterday, it's too late to replace Ezra as Flash. It's too late. You can't do it. The movie's done. It's in the can. It's finished. Yeah, I think you can redo the movie now. I'm telling you right now, Warner Brothers won't. They won't. But I think there has to at least be discussions around Warner Brothers right now. Ezra Miller can no longer be our Flash. I don't care if the movie's done or not. Like, it's... This is, again, this is not an isolated incident. This is a pattern behavior. And Ezra Miller needs help. Ezra needs help. And until some people, particularly those who are working with with them and employing them, step up and say and show them this behavior we do not accept, condone, and we don't tolerate it, you're out. Until Warner Brothers does that, I don't know that... Ezra's going to take seriously that they actually really do need some serious professional help. And I'm concerned about Ezra's health and I'm concerned about Ezra's future if somebody doesn't do something to intercede. And while yesterday I was saying, I don't think you reboot Flash or scrap what you've done today. I'm, I'm, I'm second guessing that I'm thinking maybe it is time to pull them. And dear heavens, I feel so bad for the filmmakers of Fantastic Beasts, mm-hmm. because it is really too late to do anything about mm-hmm. that. They got this coming out, but they're being very, shh, they're not featuring Ezra in any nope. of the new ads that have been coming out the last couple of days, any of the new spots at all. And look, at the end of the day, this is a sad situation. It's sad. But it's, something's got to be done at this point. And I mean, look, even a number of weeks ago, and I, I promised myself I'd never bring this up again, but I will now anyway. A couple weeks ago, Ezra Miller got on social media and put up this very odd video talking about going to some town to find the Ku Klux Klan members there yeah. and basically calling for the formation of death squads to go into a town and go kill people, to which I said, huh, I don't know. Maybe individual citizens shouldn't be getting on online on social media and calling for death squads, to which some fucking morons online goes, John, are you defending? Are you taking the side of the Ku Klux Klan? No, you fucking idiot. I'm not. I'm taking our side that you you can't do that. It was yet another sign of somebody who needs help. And that's where we're at. So Rob, let me throw this over to you. Yesterday's story was bad enough. Now we're hearing about this, like threatening people's lives, saying, I'm going to bury your slut wife and uh, stealing things of theirs. uh, Clearly you need help. What's your first impression hearing this story? And what can warner brothers do at this point if anything
1: well i think that clearly something is going on with him personally i mean this is not normal behavior i mean i i i have i think back to you know robert downey jr waking up in someone else's house you know clearly in the grips of of, of addiction and it seems to me that ezra miller is dealing with either emotional issues addiction issues or personality issues are all three at the same time and is he on some kind of cross-country odyssey that's taking him from one end of the country all the way to Hawaii I mean it's odd to me that he runs into a couple and is staying with them what that's weird you know I don't know that weirdness is probably a lot weirder than we would have been led to believe it's not just like hey come stay with us um it was weird the whole thing is weird and I hope that at this point The people, his handlers, I mean, he's in two giant Marvel movies. He's got representation. Not that everybody, not that everybody, uh, pardon me, DC movies, two big movies at Warner Brothers, The Flash and then Fantastic Beasts. He has a team of people representing him. He's got lawyers. He's got agents. He's got managers. He's got family. He's got people that clearly need to intercede on his behalf. Because it's really, I mean, Warner Brothers has to deal with the fallout as a company, but it's really not Warner Brothers' place to step in and and they've got to. They, yes, they can demand public apologies and all that, but they they're a corporation. They're publicly held. They're not. It's not their responsibility to go make sure somebody gets into rehab. You know, it's it's the people that are closest to Ezra Miller that have to intercede. The company can intercede, of course, but you know, I don't, they're in a really uh, precarious situation themselves, and the, their job is to put out movies. Their job is not to help people get into the rehab or whatever it is that they need. They can't do that. That's that's just what they, they don't but, have.
0: But I, I, I would counter that, because what you're saying is, is literally true. It is not their job to put Ezra Miller in rehab. I, I don't disagree with that. What I would say, though, is that, by not enforcing any consequences.
1: Oh, no, that I was getting, like They're yeah.
0: actually enabling Ezra Miller and making it less likely that Ezra would ever feel oh, the need to go. You know I, I, saying, I totally
1: agree with that. I mean, and and Hollywood has always been lax when it comes to enforcing consequences. Unless um, your name's James Gunn. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> or Johnny I, Depp. I mean, but I do... Uh, yes, and I, but I do think that... And what's interesting is... This kind of behavior is worse, really. I mean, it, it's, it's, he's, he's threatening people, like literally threatening bodily harm, calling for people to be murdered, literally threatening human beings, like, I'm going to bury you and your slut wife. Like, what is that? What's going on there? And, um, this, this it, it, action needs to be taken. And I mean, they've got, they've got hundreds of millions of dollars riding on this. Warner Brothers does. And you would think they'd be the first people to get out in front and at least try and mitigate the damage. Chris,
0: I mean, look, it's it's granted. It is easy for for somebody like me to play Monday morning quarterback and go, see, I told you back when this happened before and you didn't do anything. They were like, shh, just don't talk about it. It's, it's even for me to do that now. hindsight is 2020. But as you see what's now happening, what's been transpiring with Ezra lately, what are your first impressions? And then, you know, what do you see Warner Brothers doing, if anything? Or do they just employ the same tactic they did two years ago of, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil? I mean, what do you think is going to happen here?
3: I mean, this is wild in light of what we were talking about yesterday, too. And and I hope that after that discussion, everyone does realize why we were taking this seriously, because a lot of times these are patterns of behavior, and they escalate, and people can end up dead from these terrible, terrible choices, and it's not a laughing matter, and it's something very, very serious. I'm really hoping that Warner Brothers does something about this. We've seen other people who have had things that have gone awry in their personal lives lose positions in film franchises that Ezra's part of, and other people who haven't. Let's call a spade a spade. There has been some picking and choosing of how that's happened. Oh, yeah. Ezra Miller, I also want to talk about a lot of people in the chat are are asking about any kind of uh, mental health issue happening here. And while that can be an explanation to something, that is absolutely not an excuse. Mm -hmm. Also, that perpetuates the narrative that people who are neurodivergent or suffer from any kind of mental illness are dangerous. They're Mm, not.
0: That's a great point. They
3: absolutely are not. I have several members of my family who have bipolar disorder and no one has ever been threatened by them or, or had anything horrible like that happen to them. There are people who are suffering with that in their own terms, but they've never had any kind of violent act happen. So I want that narrative to just be shut down because that's not okay. What seems to be the problem here is Ezra is going through something with with alcohol use and they have a lot of rage issues, it seems. And that all needs to be taken care of. There's a lot of demons happening here and it is not all right to perpetuate this level of violence all this week. I feel like we've been talking about consequences. There are, action, there are consequences to your actions. There have to be. And by continuing to sweep this under the rug, it further perpetuates another narrative that it does not matter if you are a certain type of privileged human being if you act violently towards people. And act, <clears throat> I, I'm going to say it, there is a level of additional aggression towards this woman by calling her a slut. Mm-hmm. And I'm not okay with that. And chat, maybe you're going to do a, but there's also a man here. And yes, there is. I understand that. Multiple human beings are being harmed in this situation. But man, oh man, is that something that I am clinging to as someone who has been threatened, who has had that word thrown against them, who has had a person make them feel, oh my gosh, am I going to get killed in this moment by this person? Mm -hmm. A lot of you might not have felt that, but I guarantee you almost every woman in your life, unfortunately, has had that moment happen to her. Mm -hmm. Three out of five women are sexually assaulted. I mean, this is a terrible, terrifying situation. And the fact that he is using, they are using this level of aggression is very, very upsetting. I very, very much feel for the man in the situation too, obviously. I just want them to get the help they need.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, look, this is obviously, we prefer around here talking about things that are fun. I yeah. want to talk about Moon Knight, and I want to talk about these fun things. But this is, and I always avoid the TMZ garbage, but when it directly impacts the entertainment we watch, we have uh, the new Fantastic Beasts coming out in, in now days. We have this Flash movie we've all been excited for. Aaron, let me ask you, You you hear, you weren't here for our conversation on this yesterday, right. but... We hear about these incidents, both the one from yesterday, today. Uh, What's your first impression and and what should or can Warner Brothers do? And how could this impact, do you think, the entertainment that the the rest of us have been waiting to see? What's your take on this?
2: Well, yeah, I I think that Warner Brothers made a huge misstep years ago in not putting some sort of sanctions, if you want to call them that. Um, Because you're right, Rob it is, or sorry, I forget who, who said it, but it is not the responsibility of a studio to get someone the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the responsibility of the people around them. And maybe it's not even necessarily the responsibility of that person's agent. Uh, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, it is solely the responsibility of the person in the center of those rings. Yes. And if the person in the center of those rings is Ezra Miller. Um, and Ezra... Whatever is going on with him, even if he has some sort of mental health issues, even if he has some sort of personal problems, he is exacerbating his own issues by continuing to go out in public and get intoxicated, whether it's by alcohol, drugs or a combination of the two. He does have a choice of whether or not he chooses to do that. And I also understand addiction. I very much understand it. Um, but he also has the resources financially and otherwise to get help. And you know I, I also want to say so so there's just a lot going on here. Um, and with Warner Brothers, they had an opportunity. When we saw the previous behavior that was totally, totally excused by so many people, including all over the Internet. Oh, it was fake. Oh, she was just trying to get attention. Oh, it's not real. Blah, blah, blah. All these people that were trying to defend this behavior that I promise you was not in a vacuum. And I know it wasn't in a vacuum because it is now publicly a a pattern of behavior which tells me that it wasn't just the incident that happened in europe and it wasn't just the incident that happened in hawaii but it was also so many incidences probably when he was in the middle of filming the flash that they covered up probably when he was in the middle of filming other projects that they covered up pro i mean it, it, it happens all the time okay i mean i remember hearing stories from a co-worker of mine who worked on um, uh, uh, whatever the show with, um, David Caruso, um, back in the day. CSI? No, the first it's
1: one. NYPD Blue. NYPD, NYPD Blue. Right.
2: About him throwing chairs at people and coming into work, like totally fucked up. But nobody talked about that. It all got covered up because of ratings and because of all this other kind of stuff. And we see the same thing happen in politics. And we see the same thing happening in the world of entertainment. And we see the same thing happening in the world of business. And that is one of the things that I also want to talk about is... It is not the fact that Ezra is Hollywood, okay? I have a cousin who I no longer speak to who's just a rich redneck in South Louisiana and he is banned from the entire city of Grand Isle, Louisiana for acting exactly like Ezra Miller. And he's not famous. He's moderately wealthy, but he's just an asshole who has a problem. And no matter how many people try to help him, he refuses to get help. And so, when Warner Brothers says, Hey, we know that this person is problematic, and we're not going to go to his representation and say, Listen, here's the deal. We have another movie, and he's supposed to be The Flash, but we will replace him in a second if you do not get him accountable and get him into a program. I mean, you bring up Robert Downey Jr. Like, look at all the th- things that when Robert Downey Jr., I mean, It's not that nobody wanted to work with Robert Downey Jr. Plenty of People wanted to work with him. He couldn't get insured. No bond company would insure a single film that hired him because they were like, we don't know if he's going to show up for work tomorrow. Ezra Miller is a liability. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So even if people do want to work with him, even if he's the most talented actor on the planet, it doesn't matter because he's no longer going to be able to be insured. No one is. That's the reason why Lindsay Lohan lost her career. It wasn't because people didn't want to work with her. She's massively talented. She couldn't get insured. I know that. I was her massage therapist at the time. That was my previous job. And I was there. I saw all of the crazy behavior. And so that's what's happening with Ezra Miller. And if if Warner Brothers had stepped in when this behavior was first going on and said, we're not going to let him come back in the sequel. Hey, look at how many Spider-Mans we've had. Does anybody give a shit that it's different actors? No, because nobody's watching Ezra Miller. They're watching The Flash.
0: Right. The problem, of course, that they face though right now is that. That's The Flash they have. Oh yeah, this is The Flash they have. And they've already got a film shot in the can that comes out in 2023. Unlike the Spider-Man situations, which, which, hey, listen, I, I understand. I get, that's a tough problem. I'm not a a fan of this, but
2: but this might be a situation where you just got to do a deep fake.
1: Maybe or you know,
2: just recast, just or, recast and
1: reshoot. Yeah, maybe there's a reason they did push it as deep into 2023 as they. Did. I didn't even I mean, think look about at. That. I mean, look maybe at, at look at it. all the
2: money in the world. I mean, that movie was about to come out. Boom! Oh wow, Kevin Spacey is a rapist. I guess we're just gonna reshoot all of his. That, that was with a
0: small role.
2: You're right. This it is was the star was, of the movie, but. Right, but at it the same time, nasty. but at the same time I wonder if you go through the actual film, obviously I have no way of knowing this. If you go through the film and you actually look at the at the clip that has his face, his full face, maybe the back of his face you can show, maybe I mean you can use all of his action stuff, you, anything where you're not seeing I mean all the coverage of the other actors, you don't have to reshoot. I Don't know. And especially for a movie like for a company like Warner Brothers, you know, reshooting all of his scenes, you know, with another actor might be the way to go because he's clearly a liability. And he also how is he going to do press? How are you going to do press right. for The Flash that's, with Ezra that's Miller? Yeah. You can't. And the press alone is millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. So you're just not. I mean, his face is going to be on billboards and bus stops and, you know, all over the world. You can't have that. Yeah. It's a, you can it's,
0: hide him a little bit in the Fantastic Beast promo. Yeah. You
2: cannot hide
0: Flash from a Flash movie.
2: Financial. It is actually more fiscally sound to replace his face in the movie with another actor and push it a month and and, and do a whole it would take more than a month.
0: But... Well yeah I mean <laughs> yeah. but
1: they've pushed the movie. It's a year away.
0: Yeah it's, it doesn't come oh, until they're twenty three. I mean
2: so
1: there's a reason yeah,
0: why I don't, it got... think,
2: I don't think Ezra Miller comes out in this movie.
0: Guys, listen, we're not gonna pretend that this is a simple issue or or whatever and it's complex and it's sucks it absolutely sucks and i say this is somebody who really likes ezra miller's portrayal as barry allen but i mean clearly something's got to be done here question is for you guys what do you think about this whole situation what are the first impressions you have and then more importantly maybe what does warner brothers need to do here do you think they're going to take the same approach they did last time of just don't you know see no evil hear no evil say no evil? shh? Let's just not talk about it and hope that the audience gets distracted again. Are they, like Aaron was saying, is, has Ezra become a liability to this whole thing? Should they take extreme measures? No measures at all. What do you guys think is going to happen here? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's now move in and actually hear from you guys and what you guys have to say about all this stuff. But before we do, let's hear from one more of our sponsors of today's episode of The John Campia Show, the great folks at Masterclass. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught, by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the building your streaming class taught by ninjas. You can sharpen up on your streaming skills, or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner, Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was business leadership by the great big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely in enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campia Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash campia. And thank you to the great folks at Masterclass, guys. I love Masterclass for sponsoring this episode of the John Campius Show. Okay, guys, with that all down, let's now move over and start taking your live questions. First, I got to find the live questions that we're getting set up on. We are uh, starting. There we are. I think we're
3: starting with Wiley, are we not? We are. All right, let's get things going with Wiley. What do we got up here first? All right, from Wiley, Todd, I think Moon Knight has the best music supervision I've seen in Marvel since Guardians. Great music choices and very promising.
0: Yeah, it was just the first episode, but Mm -hmm. still, you're right, the music in it was great from the score itself to the soundtrack selections it was all really good it played perfectly in with the show all right what's next
3: from thanos oh no uh wb ignoring all these including jk rowling's harmful views is why i personally won't be seeing fantastic beasts as consumers we speak with our wallets and i uh, and i I can in good consequence uh, conscious support this movie i'm so sorry and i can't in good conscious support this movie
0: i'm gonna say something that's gonna be controversial and a lot of people won't like that i say but fuck it i'm gonna say it anyway i i do not loop in the issues look We can debate and discuss people having certain views or viewpoints or or I, I have a fundamental problem with, with just kind of piling that in the same thing with like, say somebody busting into a bedroom and threatening to kill people. I, I see, I do not see these as the same issue. I do not see the two being comparable. Um, can words be harmful? Yes, I'm not debating that, but I don't like lumping those two things in at once. Um, there are thousands of people who worked on this movie, and I think if we went through the the list of all the thousands of people who work on every movie, you're going to find a real asshole somewhere in there. But I, I, I don't um, I don't condone the idea of, of of rejecting a movie because of one person's bad behavior, or whatever. But it, it depends on how the whole movie comes together, but. It's, it's a touchy situation, Thanos, it is. I'm not going to pretend that it's not. And each of us approaches it in a different way. And you yeah. have your way of approaching it, and so do I.
3: Could I give Thanos a suggestion? Yes. So one of the things that I do for a lot of these things, because there's so many people who do go into making movies, is sometimes then I will make a donation for a charity that I feel is maybe getting hit by some of the hurtful comments somebody's saying. So in this case, you know, I'm going to make a nice donation to some trans youth organizations. And because I know I've got to see the movie for work, I want to see the movie. Frankly, I want to support some of these other actors in there. Um, I'll probably also do some donations uh, in light of what Ezra's doing just to help Mm -hmm. me balance the scales. Because, again, yeah, there's always there's always seems to be a bad egg. If you're looking at it in good place points terms. Right. If anyone watched The Good Place, it's really hard these days to find a perfectly pure. No one was a bad egg movie. And That's one of the ways that I kind of combat that. I like that idea. My aunt um,
2: once said that she could never see a Tom Cruise movie because uh, he was a Scientologist. And I was like, you do realize that he is one person in the many, many thousands of people around the world who are working on that movie. And she's like, well, he's a Scientologist, so I can. not And I'm like, "Okay, so, you
0: know. No, I'm not going to lie. Like if if a movie came out tomorrow that was starring Kevin Spacey. I would have a difficult time going to see it. No,
2: no, no. I, I understand. but
0: I, I wouldn't say yeah. I'm planting a flag saying I reject this movie, but I'm saying I personally would have a hard time going to see it. But I think there's a, a, a slight yet distinct difference between the two situations. I don't know. We'll see. All right. What's next?
3: From Josh Kahn. Has there been a movie with as much outside baggage as Fantastic Beasts? Rowling's comments, depth situation, and now Ezra's repeat history. The franchise should be renamed Damage Control, the WB special. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, there have been, <laughs> there, there actually has, has been, uh, I, I think, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's, uh, why am I freezing
1: the cotton club?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the cotton club had a lot of things. I was thinking of the, the war film, uh,
1: apocalypse now, apocalypse
0: now. I mean, there was a lot of stories oh, about yeah. apocalypse now, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a big one too. Listen, the problem with movies will always be that it's made by people. And as long as people are involved with anything, There's going to be shit around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's one of the realities. But yeah, this has got a lot of shit to deal with, Josh, no doubt. All right, what's next?
3: From Gone with the Cheddar, my first introduction to Moon Knight was on the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance on PS2. Seeing him on Disney Plus was unreal. Great first episode.
0: I'm not going to lie to you. I never even heard of Moon Knight until like five years ago. Come on. Five, uh, maybe like seven years ago. But honestly, yeah. I, I, I say that as somebody who read a hell of a lot of Marvel comics, man. I mean, but like a lot of my Marvel comics are really mostly focused around X-Men and things like no, that. Yeah, I never I mean, saw Moon Knight crossover with them. No,
1: yeah, it, it was Moon Knight was a minor character. And, and you know, and, and he never, by the way, really had a definitive storyline. You know, he didn't have like like the Born Again run of Daredevil or God Loves, Man Kills, the X-Men graphic novel or, or the Frank Miller stuff, Dark Knight Returns. He never had that. He should have. Well, he might maybe now. he will now.
3: Yeah, He
0: might now. All right. What's next?
3: From Andy, one of five. Hi, Chris. Hi, Andy. To answer your question from yesterday, Riverdale just continued its season last Sunday. It's set back to the regular universe. When I said that Archie and uh, Betty gained superpowers from surviving a bomb, I literally meant it. Oh, my
0: God. Archie wow. has
3: super strength and invulnerability. <laughs> Betty sees red auras of criminals. Their dog has super hearing and Jughead has telepathy. Palladium, the mineral from last season, is Archie's kryptonite. The showrunner said they did this because sh- the showrunners and viewers have poked fun at how, in the past seasons, Archie was invincible and Betty could somehow detect serial killers by looking at pics of them. Like Fast Nine, this kind of self-awareness isn't clever at all. It's just a hilariously it's just hilariously stupid. Laugh my fucking ass off. I
0: <laughs> I I just look. I, I was mentioning this before, but the first season of, of Riverdale.
1: I liked it. It Was it like a murder mystery? Yeah, like. it was a murder mystery
0: in this town and a different kind of look at these classic characters. And I thought, you know what? I didn't love it, but I'm like, this is they got something here. They've got something here. And Ann and Corey were watching it. And then fast forward eight months or a year, I walk into a room and Ann and Corey are watching season two. And I, I hadn't watched along with them yet. And I stopped in the living room because I was going from my office to the kitchen to grab something that was going back. I stopped in the living room for a second, watched about... Three or four minutes of what they're watching, I said. I'm sorry, are are they involved with the Dungeons and Dragons murder cult? Is that what this thing is? <laughs> yes, sure it's the Dungeons and out. Dragons murder cult. What happened to this oh. show? And now hearing this, like this is
2: apparently Family Guy uh, has a parody episode. The chat is telling us, and, and I need to one go- of the funniest episodes they've
3: ever Excellent. done. Like,
2: and clearly, I need to go find this right Same. now. It is so good,
0: the I, Family Guy. I think this. I might
3: finally quit Riverdale. I think this might be what <laughs> it might be time. <laughs> it might wow. make this happen for me. All right, oh. what's next? James Argenta. We are getting Lord of the Rings show, Game of Thrones show, and possibly and premiering within a four to six week period.
0: It's going to be a good time to be a TV fan. <laughs> it's I look, I got to have to figure out how to fit into the schedule after shows for all these things. Because, listen, uh, just, so you know, uh, for those of you watching right now at uh, 2 p.m. today. For those of you who are members, because we have opened up our, our channel membership, everybody. So many of you guys have already signed up to be channel members. Thank you so much for that. But today at 2 p.m., for people who are director and producer-level members of the thing, we are doing a live stream town hall where I've got some announcements about some upcoming things we're going to be doing. Uh, and I'll be taking your questions as well. But I'm a little. one of the things I'll be talking about is I think we're going to be expanding a little bit into doing some more open spoiler discussion or as they're traditionally called, after shows i think we're going to do a little bit more of that move but we'll talk about that at the town hall meeting later today again that's at 2 p.m pacific standard time for those of you who are the uh that that level of member and higher all right what's next
3: all right from sam fisher one of two i really liked episode one oscar isaac ethan Hawke, and f Murray abram were great i like that they're taking the mystery route like they did with the wandavision But as of right now, the mystery isn't as compelling as WandaVision's mystery. Really excited for episode two. No, it's not. You're
0: right. The the mystery so far is not as compelling as the mystery that was in WandaVision. But this is more than a mystery thing. Because this one also had a hell of a lot more action than the first episode of of WandaVision. WandaVision really leaned into the mystery and the what the hell is going on thing. There was definitely a bit of that. But that's not what Moon Knight is meant to be altogether. It's more of a mixed bag of that, the action, the character. I, I just... Yeah, not as good of a mystery, but just as good of an overall package, though I think. I mean, it was just fantastic. All right, thanks for that, Sam. What's next?
3: Macaulay Sulkin just sending in a super chat to support us. Great Thank name. you. Oh my goodness, Chris Barcenas. Moon Knight might be Disney's most violent show.
0: I'll tell you what; it's it's pretty violent so far, and I think it's only going to get more violent. Oh yeah.
1: Um, I'm there for it,
0: but <laughs> I mean, that looks it even felt violent, even when they didn't show you the violence. Yeah. Now, those of you who didn't watch the episode yet, you may not know what we're talking about, but there's a blink in and blink out, and all of a sudden, you see the results of a lot of violence. But I still felt all the excitement, even though we didn't see it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right.
3: Oh, so good so far. I hope it continues to be this good. All right, what's next? All right, from MP. Not to sound highfalutin, but the efficiency uh, inefficiency of the current cinematic climate is academic. Evocation of a- apropos, apropos cognate luminaries. Something salient? <laughs> Someone got so, a thesaurus. Yeah, so obviously MP <laughs> went to
0: a thesaurus to try to write something out, so okay, good on you for that. I All went right. to
3: public school, bud. You gotta help me sometimes. All right, what's next? Reels and heels. R.I.P. Tom Parker from the UK pop group The Wanted, nineteen eighty eight to twenty twenty two. I
0: am I am not familiar not. with either the band or the individual.
3: Mm-hmm. Wait, is that the band that s- that sings I don't think? No, that's the darkness. Oh, right.
0: Wow, <laughs> kudos <laughs> that you knew that.
3: Oh, yeah. This is why I um, love this woman. I have so much useless knowledge. This is why I, I love her. Pretty,
0: uh, unfamiliar with that, but thank you. For, listen, I'm sure many people are watching who do know what you're talking about, Reels, and thanks, oh, thank good, good on you for shouting that out. All right, what's next?
3: The Wheat Man sending in some support. Thank you, Wheat Man. Uh, Carlo 16 NG. Hey, John, Canada qualified for the World Cup. I cannot Yay! believe it. I cannot believe I am living
0: in a year... Where Forza Italia, where Italy, did not qualify for the World Cup. But Canada did. There's something fundamentally wrong with the world, but that's fine. I'll take it. I've never watched Canada play in the World Cup, so I'm going to totally, absolutely I take it. I blame
2: global warming. Probably. Finally, it was warm enough in Canada for you guys <laughs> to have a patch of grass in one part of the country for at least three months so that the team could practice. I have
0: never understood, like, besides hockey... Like, basketball and soccer are massively popular in Canada. Massively popular. Basketball is more understandable because you can play indoors. But I've never understood why soccer is so popular in Canada. But it's been very popular in Canada for a long time. Do they
1: call it football or soccer? No, we call it soccer. You do?
0: Yeah. All right, what's next?
3: Film Code Podcast. Hey, John, don't know if you made it back to see X, but uh, don't. You were right to walk out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I. so I went to go see X, for those of you who don't know this, and it only became the sixth or seventh film in my life that I walked out of um despite the fact that they're real hot people having real hot real explicit sex it was boring like so boring and about halfway through the film i like there are things i could be watching on tv at home right now that i might have more fun so i literally got up and left now after i left i read the reviews and the reviews are great and i started thinking well it must have really picked up after i left Maybe I need to go back and and check it out again and and see what happens in the second half of the film. Because I've heard from a lot of people that really like it. So uh, you're the first person I heard that it didn't get any better, but I might have to check it out myself, Film Code. Thanks for the update, though. All right, what's next?
3: Raymond Barada. Because of the recent Bruce Willis news, my Bruce Willis retrospective, no order. Die Hard, Hudson Hawk.
0: We didn't mention Hudson Hawk, yet. Fifth
3: Element, so good. Last Boy Scout. Oh, I love the Last Boy Scout. Fifth, uh, Sixth Sense, Armageddon. Unbreakable, Pulp Fiction, Twelve Monkeys.
0: There's a great one of my favorite Bruce Willis movie moments is actually the end of The Last Boy Scout because uh, that's the one where like the the where Wayans is the former NFL quarterback, right? That was my last game. I threw 300 yards, but it's this, the the ending. I don't know why it stuck with me forever. He says, "And when I do it, I'll do a, a do a jig." And at the end of the movie, he does this jig, I just remember this is awesome. I just remember thinking that's. I totally forgot about Shane that.
1: Shane Black wrote that movie.
0: Wow, love Shane Black. Oh, I wish he did better on Predators. (laughs) But I do love Shane Black as well. All right, what's next?
3: Never lose your nerd, Ray. I'm with you about Superman four, my fave since kid.
0: Yeah, of course. Ray was talking about that a little bit earlier about his. We were talking during our Man of Steel open spoiler discussion yesterday, for movie club, uh, that he loved the one with Nuclear Man. There you go. I don't often hear a lot of love for nuclear, man. All right. What's next?
3: From Sam Fisher. Watch Moon Knight wearing my Moon Knight shirt.
0: Now, come on, Rob. Be honest. Did you break out any Moon Knight attire to uh, to watch episode?
1: No, because I've been moving it. But I did. I did. Mm. You know, I did move my. I have two little Moon Knight busts that I'm going to put next to your Moon Knight statue. (laughs) I did have them.
0: Well, there you go. As long as you had that, I think you're covered. All right. What's next?
3: All right, from Al Renshaw, be honest. How many times have you guys seen or watched the Sharon Stone leg cross scene? She was so hot in that movie. I I think, look, when I was a
0: kid, because this movie was out when I was a kid, but when when I was a kid and-
1: 30 years old. We had
0: it like rented on VHS. I, I mean, clearly I probably watched it a couple of times. I haven't watched Basic Instinct probably in 25 years.
1: Would you like to borrow my 4K? No, I don't, I don't watch physical
0: media discs. No, that's all right. But I appreciate that. It has it's, lots of special features. Uh, you know what? The special
1: features could be intriguing to me. I'm, I might do it at some point just One to watch day, the John, features. one day on this show, and that day might not come anytime soon, you're going to say, you know what, Rob? I would like to borrow your disc and I'll bring it to you.
0: It's going to be have a hard time imagining that day, but maybe, maybe someday. All right, what's next?
3: From Rocket Sized, have you guys seen The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max? Hilarious series. Yes! What You
2: tell me about oh, this show? I here? love this show. It's so no it. good. I love, it. I love it. It's
1: bonkers, too. It is
2: so wackadoodle, batshit crazy in the best way possible. If you're a fan of Workaholics, um, uh, of course, I'm going to blank on everybody's name. Adam Devine? Adam Devine, yes, M is in it. And I love the actress who plays Judy, um, i follow her on instagram and i'm also blanking um, i don't watch the
1: show so I don't it's
2: know. It, it is it is really wonderful and uh john, you
1: would really like it
0: I, I,
2: I keep having people telling me that, that and I would, john I should goodman it is just so well john
0: goodman's a national treasure he's wonderful lovely
2: in this show but it really i mean i i it's wonderful and at the end of the day it's about family and all the dysfunction that family has but also the love that no matter how no matter what goes on and how they, how dysfunctional they are at the end of the day, they've got each other's back.
1: Did Danny McBride create the show?
2: Yes. Yeah. And he's so good in it. Um, I still, the actress who plays his wife, this is when I know that, that I, that someone's really, really good in a role is when I watch it and I go, why didn't I play that role? Like, I'm so like, every time I watch the show, the woman who plays Danny McBride's wife, she's so good. And I still seethe with envy because I want to play that role so bad. But you know what? Kudos to her because
3: she's brilliant in it.
0: All right. What's next?
3: From Cole Reed. You know what this means, Rob? This means Midnight Suns. We're going to, in our life, watch that movie. Uh, th- I still that- don't think they will. But let me ask you this. If, if they were going to do Midnight
0: Suns with Marvel, with, with the MCU, whether it's on Disney Plus or whatever, who do you think that lineup would be?
1: Blade, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, um, I don't know. You Probably think
0: they put Black Knight in that one?
1: Black Knight could very well be uh, because, yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. But do I, you think I, it will happen? I think they're going to do a Midnight Sun series. I absolutely can see that. I don't think they'll do a movie, but I think they'll absolutely do a series. But they've got to introduce... I mean, they're going to lean heavily into the supernatural. This is the beginning of their... I mean, we saw Agatha Harkness, and we've got magic there, but... But maybe add Ag- Agatha Harkness to it. But but this is opening the floodgates of the supernatural in a big way. All right, what's next
3: from Blake sixty two? If the DCEU had never existed and Man of Steel was released in twenty twenty two, I think it would be received differently. Audiences weren't ready in twenty thirteen.
0: I think there's. I think there is some truth to that. Yeah. I don't think it would have been a night and day difference. But you're right. I, I think if Man of Steel came out today. Um, I, I do think you're right. I think the audience would have been a little bit more prepared for it and ready for it and be a, in a position to accept the glory of that movie
1: well, also a little they, bit better. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have such expectations on what Superman has to be. Yeah, at this you point. Know? Yeah. And they, I think they would be more accepting of, of, for instance, him killing Zod. Right. All right. What's next?
3: All right. From Mickey Bell. Hey, guys. Liked Moon Knight, but didn't love it. Looking forward to the mystery unraveling, unraveling but wasn't blown away. Oscar Isaac's bad accent was also distracting. Maybe that was intentional? I thought bad? it
0: was perfect in this way. If Steven is not who he really is, then there should be a, something a little bit off with the accent. Yeah.
1: And, her, for, her, and I love, personally, I loved it. Well, I love The it. Layla character says, What's up with the accent? Yeah. I mean, it's even said in the show. So, yeah. I, yeah.
0: I, I dug it a lot. All right. But hey, listen, Mickey, uh, listen, not everybody's going to love something. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't like it, whatever. So let's see how it unfolds for the rest of us. All right. What's next?
3: From Abraham Ruiz, Moon Knight was awesome.
0: Uh, I personally agree. I really do think it was pretty awesome too, Abraham.
2: All right. What's next?
3: South Texas Shark. Chris and Aaron, what is your favorite Tex-Mex food minus Frito pie?
2: Ooh, love a Frito pie in a Fritos bag. Mm -hmm. That is really delicious. What?
0: (laughs) The everlasting fuck is a, a Frito pie.
2: Okay. Well, imagine what's that curds and whey crap that you guys poutine. eat. Poutine. Yeah. Imagine poutine, but crunchy curds with chili and, and delicious. <laughs> it's literally, they take a bag of Fritos, the corn chips, they rip off the top and they pour chili in it and Gosh. then cover it with shredded cheese, maybe a dollop of sour cream, so some good. jalapenos mm-hmm. It and you eat it with a fork okay, out of the okay, bag. Important it is- question. Important question.
0: <clears throat> the chili in this is it beanless or with beans?
2: I mean it depends beanless, on where typically. you get it, but I can okay, get it without yeah. beans. You,
0: you've 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 signed up a new customer. It's yeah. delicious. I don't like I actually don't it's like delicious. beans and chili. I, I,
2: I, I don't like either. It. I don't either. It's a little too like nuggety. But so you're saying Fritos, like cheese,
0: mm-hmm. sour chili. cream,
2: chili, and chili? Yeah.
0: Fuck yes. Oh Sorry. yeah. It yeah. is so good. It's
2: so good. <laughs> but my personal favorite of all Tex Mex everything is mm queso fully loaded Uh. and it was so bizarre when i first came because i'm like i'm a texas girl by way of the bayou in south louisiana and when i went to my first mexican food restaurant in southern california i was not a i was not familiar with socal mexican food and so i sit down i ordered chips and queso like you're supposed to do and they were like uh do you want like just a side of cheese and i was like no i want queso and they're like mmm cheese like shredded cheese i'm like am i talking a foreign language here it blew my mind that queso is a tex-mex thing and what i mean by queso is i'm sure it's Velveeta. yeah i don't know it's like it's, re- it's Velveeta and rotel yeah it's it, that is yeah yeah it is like garbage cheese but it is melted <laughs> And mm-hmm. you just dip your, you dip your your chip in it, and then you dip your chip in the hot sauce, so and then good. you go to sweet heaven. And if you get it fully Years loaded, of life. Leave you. Ugh. They put the actual ground beef in that, and the guacamole in that, and it is just. I would, I would bathe in it. The you most go
0: disgusting. To and
3: get the Kirby queso. Oh, all that shit. God. That's so good. All
0: right. All right. Hey, okay. You sold me. I'm sold.
1: All right. What's We're next? all
3: family trip to to Texas.
1: Yay. We're going.
3: Edmontonian, I know you were sad about Italy, but Canada has qualified for the World Cup. Break out the pills man. I still, it
0: does, I feel like I'm living in bizarro world. I cannot believe that's happening. I'm going to watch Canada play in a World Cup game. It's absolutely crazy, Edmontonian. All right, what's next?
3: From Suthius I love Stephen's sense of humor, especially when he's under duress. Please, almighty God of Filthy. Yes, you, <laughs> Mr. C. May we have Moon Knight spoilers?
0: Oh, yes. And like I said, at four o'clock today, we're going to be doing a Moon Knight open spoiler discussion. Make sure you come back and join us for that. All right, what's next?
3: Ryan Laner, Nicole Kidman. Everyone goes to the movies because they make us feel things. Wait, is this Morbius? Screw it, I'm out. <laughs> uh, come on now. We haven't seen Morbius yet. I mean, Nicole knows that you can feel everything in that theater. I mean, so... heartbreak feels
0: good in a place like this. Yeah. I'm going to go see Morbius tomorrow, and I'm still going in with my head held high, with all the faith in the world, and uh you know, prepared for the worst, but we'll see how it goes. All right, what's next?
3: From I am awesome four one eight, Moon Knight was awesome. Got my ticket for Morbius tomorrow, even though it's not as well received. I'll still try to enjoy it for myself. I
0: am awesome four one eight. You are indeed awesome. Good on you for keeping the faith. And we'll see how this thing turns out. Might be a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth after we see it, though. All right, good on you, man. All right, what's next? Rated row, Moon Knight
3: day. Moon Knight day. <laughs> Rob, how would I start my hot toy collection? You said they have payment plans.
1: <laughs> Yes. Depending on where you buy them, you can look. A lot of people are buying the Robert Pattinson or Battinson hot toy. It doesn't come out until next September. I'm talking 2023 September. So what you can do is whether you buy it from Toys Wonderland or you buy it from Sideshow, you can pay every month toward your figure. And sometimes you pay your figure off before it comes out and then when it comes out they just ship it to you and it makes those expensive goodness toy figures that we all love that cost you know 250 to 300 bucks hey it's like having a drink at a bar or something if they uh take it out once a month the pain is far less all right what's next
3: ben rayner you're doing it live Love the live aspect of this show. <laughs> looking forward, <laughs> looking forward to member town hall today.
0: Okay, let's just do it. That's why I, I thought about that too. After I said that, I just thought of whatever the news, the Fox News guy was. Okay, we'll do it live. Whatever. Yeah, that was that was pretty much me. And I am also looking forward to the town hall today. Thanks a lot for bringing that up, Ben. All right, what's next?
3: Leo Liang. I owe Rob an apology. Didn't think it would be that great, but Moon Knight was flipping amazing.
1: Rob, you feel some vindication? I, uh, you know, well, the thing, you know, it's. I know people have their doubts because they don't have a forty-year connection to a character. So, you know, I, I don't begrudge you the fact that you were wrong.
3: <laughs> All right, what's next from Walid Haji, What's more outrageous, the slap or the reaction? It's look, I. Jim
0: Carrey came out and said that he was sickened. I did say he was sickened by the fact that the, that the crowd at the Oscars gave him a standing ovation after what had happened. Yeah. See, here's the thing. The reason I cut everybody who was in the audience a little bit of slack is because I was watching on TV and I didn't know what was going on. I I didn't know if it was a work or a fake or, or whatever. I, I had no idea. And, you know, I I was a little bit disturbed by the fact that, look, Smith should have been escorted out of the building when that happened. But we heard the explanation about why that didn't happen, and it makes total sense. It all happened so fast. They didn't have time to get together and discuss what to do. And the best actor uh, category was coming up only 10 minutes later, and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. it. It's fine. Um,
1: can you imagine what would have happened if they did escort him out and he did win just like it? It would have been I mean, it would have been tremendously awkward. It would have been one of the. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it was the Oscars after all. So I think you're right about that. But what would they? What if they had escorted him out, it would have been like an international incident that it would have been, I think, worse. Right.
0: Again, the the issue, though, is if it was anybody else in the world, they would have been escorted out. There's a new story, though, that the the Academy's now said they're going to take a couple of weeks to deliberate what the response should be. And I think that's good. They should they should take their time, whatever. I'm still of the position that. um, That. Number one, you do not take the Oscar away. I know there are still some Academy members who feel they need to take his Oscar away. I think it has nothing to do with it. He won the Oscar. It was voted on before the thing happened. You don't take that away. Or else, as Chris pointed out, you're going to be going around Hollywood, knocking along the doors, and taking back a yes. lot of Oscars. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're going to be doing. Um, secondly, uh, it shouldn't be like some people are saying it should be a lifetime ban. I don't think it should be that. I think it should be appropriate to the thing. I, I say three-year suspension. Three-year suspension your 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 membership to the academy is revoked and you're not eligible for any academy awards for 3 years. And then let him get back to it. I I think it should be proportional. You know, Aaron, I was bringing up on the show when we were talking about the Will Smith stuff the other day. I was talking about how the fact that unlike the Ezra Miller thing, this is not a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. what happened there. That and I mentioned talking to you that your experience with Will Smith was nothing but positive. I know a lot of people who have spoken about their, like, he's just generally good guy. This was an isolated incident. But now that the Academy has said that they need to, they're going to take a few weeks, what do you think the outcome should be with the Academy on this? Do you think it there should be nothing? Do you think there should be a suspension? Do you think they should take his Academy Award away? Do you think that, like, what are your thoughts on it?
2: Um, as you said, I'm not going to belabor this too much. I've been thinking a lot about this for the past 48 hours. As you said, this is an isolated incident um for people who want to say oh well he slapped somebody on the red carpet 15 years ago and blah blah blah. first of all that person was basically a talentless borat who has been accosting celebrities and people on the red carpet as his like thing that he does and he tried to grabbed will smith's head and tried to kiss him and let me tell you something if i'm out in public doing my job and somebody grabs my head and tries to force a kiss on me I will sucker punch them in the throat so fast and happily go to jail for it. So fucking try it. That being said, um, he does not have a history of violence. He does not have a history of having anything other than the most beautiful, kind, lovely, professional, star worthy disposition. I do talked on my Instagram. I, I did a post um, about on my Instagram about my experience working with him. If you would like to hear a little bit more detail, I'm happy to, you, know, you can go and, and, and check that out. And I talk a lot about my experience working with him and how unbelievably pleasant it was and how I saw in that time what made him a star. And I said, I really hope that he wins the Oscar. I have no doubt that he will absolutely be nominated. But Will Smith absolutely deserves every wonderful accolade and amount of success that he has earned in his very long career. You have to also remember that Will Smith is someone that in the 90s, at the height of grunge rock and gangster rap, he was someone who came out and became a worldwide phenomenon rapper without saying a single curse word? He was like the rap that you could listen to with your parents. This guy. No, has- no,
1: no, because parents just don't understand.
2: <laughs> ah, that's okay. right. You know, he. Um, y- y- you know, he has spent the last. 30 plus years 3 decades not having a single scandal never being arrested never having an explosion on set that gets caught on the sound and you know at, that we hear about you know we hear about that with Tom Cruise and with Christian Bale and you know people getting arrested and Ezra Miller's and people being drunk and being acting like assholes never getting a DUI like the guy has literally walked a tightrope of like
1: and he's done a lot of great work
2: and he's done a lot of great work and yes some of it not every movie that he's done has been a powerhouse but the man has done oscar-worthy performances again and again and again and literally came from being okay i, I have
0: to speed things along here but, okay i will but just say the this. issue like what do you think i'm just gonna say this i'm this just part. gonna say
2: this we all saw the a man at the height of his career nominee for best actor, get up on stage and so overcome with emotion in that moment that he assaulted a presenter who was then stunned to the point of not even knowing what to say or what to do. And nothing happened. Nothing happened when we all saw Adrian Brody sexually assault Halle Berry. He got up on that stage... Grab okay, her head no, 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 i'm not going uh, let you change topics i'm not, I'm not changing you, topics this is, this is the story. topic nothing should happen because nothing happened to adrian brody he and went on stage and physically and he physically assaulted somebody you're saying nothing should happen adrian brody went on stage and sexually assaulted Halle berry we all saw it nothing was different the only difference is that that became a meme that was so, huge so you're saying the-
0: if you had walked on stage and and physically assaulted on somebody on stage You don't think anything would have happened to you?
2: I am saying, what is the difference between Adrian Brody sexually assaulting Halle Berry on stage and Will Smith physically assaulting Chris Rock on stage? Halle Berry had to wipe his spit off of her face and nothing was done. The LAPD wasn't called backstage like they were for this incident. Nobody went and said to Halle Berry, hey, do you want to press sexual assault charges? Whereas they did ask Chris Rock, do you want to press assault charges?
0: All right. So, look. We, we have to move on from this. I fundamentally disagree with you on this. I don't think- Tell me I'm
2: wrong I, that Adrian Brody did not commit sexual assault. What? No, I'm not going to entertain then that. Then how is it different? Because something else being
0: done wrong eight years ago does not make what happens today okay. That, I, so whether or not I'm not, if we get are into not it, going just to just like I'm not going to get into the debate about whether or not Chris Rock's joke was appropriate or not because it even wasn't if the, because even if it wasn't appropriate, it wasn't. that doesn't separate itself or excuse what Will Smith did. The moment you start saying that, if you speak words, you're allowed to be up and be physically. I didn't strong. say
2: that. I never once no, said. But the I do not there believe, should be no, no
0: consequences. You are saying that. Look, I know. I this don't down. believe that what I Will Smith, Smith was, did down. was right. I have to. But he apologized. So, if, so let's, let's say Ezra he's Miller, being held accountable. Let's say Ezra Miller comes out and apologizes for threatening the people in the bedroom. Does that clear him of everything? Should would there be no consequences?
2: Okay, so now we are changing the topic. I'm saying, so saying, I'm not allowed to talk about Adrian Brody committing a stall, but you're allowed okay. to compare it to Ezra Miller. You're saying that the apology made it okay. I, and I'm saying, I, did, I that, did I say that? I never once said he apologized, okay. so it's okay. So I said it was wrong, we but need what to I'm saying is... off
0: right now. We need to cut this off right now and move on. Clearly to say, I believe he should be held accountable and there should be marginally a suspension of some kind otherwise we're telling people all over the country that if a comedian says something on stage that you don't like you can go up on stage and assault that's them like already it. happening now
2: that is already happening let me
0: finish erin erin takes a different position than this she believes that there is precedent that's been set that a guy who has as i've said as well has had no pattern of any of this kind of behavior, nothing but the most upright of character that we've seen him in in history. That's why I don't think they should take his Academy Award away. So Aaron and I clearly have two very different positions. We'll leave that up to everybody else to decide what you think should happen here now that you've heard our different positions on this and leave your thoughts below. All right, now we are going to move on. Okay, what is next?
3: From Kevin Cow, Moon Knight is so good, the music and the setting. Is London the new gathering for the next group? Black Knight, Blade, and all Black Knight and Blade are already in London. Well,
0: I think that brings us right back to the whole Midnight Suns discussion. Like, yes, it, they, it does. And like, look, we've seen. By the way, was I wrong in thinking it's been a beat since I've seen Eternals? That museum was that the same museum from Eternals? Okay,
1: I don't know, but I was thinking, what if it was? I mean, you, they didn't show us any part of that, that but in my mind it kind of was but i i'm not sure i don't think it's the same museum but in my mind i'm like
0: hmm but if they do do it should it take place in something like london is that the place for it to happen because I, I, I don't mean, know enough about the midnight sun Snow. look the to me
1: uh, everything supernatural uh comes from europe anyway Europe and Africa. All the, 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 the and Indian and, and Asian countries. The supernatural we inherited the supernatural here in America. So give me supernatural stuff happening in Europe or the mountains of Carpathia or wherever. All the way Ancient back to Egypt.
0: America in London. All right, what's next?
3: From Daniel Dang, House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power back to back. It's a great year for fantasy fans. And as somebody
0: pointed out Andor's gonna be playing at the same time, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a really, really good time for television oh. fans in general.
1: Yeah, sci-fi fantasy every week. Come it's, on, man. Yeah, sign us up. All right, what's next
3: from Macaulay? Oh, wow, I went through puberty. Sorry, from Macaulay Sulkin <laughs> again. Hollywood, uh, Halloween idea: John and crew dressed as characters from Free Guy in a video set to the song "Fantasy" by Mariah Carey. Would be so wholesome. What is that song? I don't know the that song. song that she sings. Well, I, okay, I, I, <laughs> that Mariah Carey song. <laughs> you know the Mariah Carey song? So what? The piercing.
0: I'm. Oh, it's the one they play in the movie. Oh, okay. okay, okay. First of all, has everybody in the room seen Free guy, yet I haven't, I, had a baby. I haven't
1: seen anything. You she's, and Tom just would love Rango it. finally, that's really, like, that's what I happened. What, you just watched Rango? No, 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 no like, 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 like,
0: oh. there, there are a lot of movies that just because you like, you, you think everybody, I honestly think you would love. No, guys. I
2: i believe that I would. I love Ryan Reynolds, good Canadian kid, obviously, and you guys have talked so highly about it's it. It's really I, good. No, I, it is definitely, it's on my list. There are many on my list. I promise.
0: It's a great one for you and Tom to watch together, I think. So, who would. Well, there's not a lot of characters in the movie, so I'm not quite sure who would play what. But I'll the play as free guy might be all right. All right, what's next?
3: All right, from MCV, multi comic verse, Will Smith's punishment should be he has to host the Oscars alongside Chris Rock next year. We talked I about behind that last that. Yeah. year. It's like what? Yes. Like that would be a coup <laughs> if they had Chris because somebody initially wrote and said
0: I think the Oscars should do uh, a makeup of this by having Chris Rock host next year. I said, well, he's already hosted once, So yeah, I mean, that's- yeah. a, That doesn't then, mean he can't
2: host again. No, no, absolutely.
0: Yeah. But the, I, then somebody else wrote in and said, make Chris Rock and Will Smith host the Oscars. And make I make that Smith there is first.
2: going to be a really beautiful reunion. And speaking of beautiful reunions, by the way, just so you guys know, the people in this room, I love like my family. And one of the reasons why I love them like my family is because we can all disagree. I admit I got a little heated. I take it a little personally, the Will Smith thing, because I did have such a great experience with him. But, John, um, thank you for giving me that space. And I apologize for getting so heated. You
0: never have to apologize <laughs> for being heated. You never have. To. And listen. But I, I love that suffered. we can have these debates. Yeah. I have suffered more physical harm at the hands of Aaron Cummings, when she's <laughs> In moments of joy, then Chris than Chris Rock ever, ever, ever had. All I can say is we just happened. missed.
1: We missed an opportunity that we had on Monday. If we had planned it, that you got up. Oh, that walked, was, you missed
0: the opening to Monday. You walk show. around, and great. if
1: you were to have slapped John in the face, I just don't. Do- no, no, don't no, 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 no. no,
0: no. <laughs> but but by the way, I already I already see the questions coming in the live chat. What do you mean by Aaron physically inflicting pain on you in it's moments true. of joy? I'm talking about in a movie, okay? I'm talking about in a movie is what I'm specifically sure, talking about. Sure, John. He means
2: the movie, our sex tape that he, me, and Anne have. No, whenever I get very... Uh, you, that was as very you, specific. As you can tell, I am... Uh, Shang-Chi
0: gave me a lot of bruises on I'm my I'm a arm. bit
2: animated, so whether I am unhappy or I'm happy, I am very physically animated, and whenever I'm excited in a movie and John happens to be sitting next to me, he gets punched and grabbed and I, I get hit a lot. Yeah, I get he gets hit, hit a, a lot. lot. He can All take right.
3: it. What's next? <laughs> All right, from John Amir Singleton, sending in an almost twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so Thank much, John. Thank you, John. John. Uh, hey, John, just watched Man of Steel movie club, and the thing that set in stone for me, Cal killing Zod, was when he uh, was when he has him in the chokehold, pleading for him to stop. Zod, in a strained voice, say, just says, "Never." I,
0: I like. I'm. That is such a good point to make because we often talk about whenever Man of Steel comes up, a couple of issues usually raise, or whether it's the Pa Kent death scene, but one of the big ones is usually. Uh, the two big ones is always the destruction, which we've already covered on the the, the thing the other day. You got to remember that this Superman, not only has he only ever, not only has he only been Superman for about twenty four to forty eight hours. Clark Kent has never been in a fight in his life. Clark Kent, Clark has never had a fight. He's a pacifist. He's his 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 father always made sure he couldn't
1: fight. He would have killed somebody.
0: Yeah, he would have killed somebody. He's mm-hmm. never been in a fight. But with Zod, it was Zack Snyder, I think, fairly painfully went through to lay the groundwork that Zod's only purpose for existing now was to kill every human being on, in the, on the planet. And Zack Snyder and David Goyer wrote a scene where Kal-El was literally in a position where there was no definitively right choice. He could either kill Zod or allow millions of other people to die. And you're right, he pleaded with Zod to stop. And so he didn't just kill him without, but he, before killing him, he pleaded with him to stop to which he says never. So there it is. He either kills Zod in that moment or Zod murders millions more. And and I, I think that's a very good thing to bring up, John. Thank you for saying that. All right, what's next?
3: From Elizabeth Herado. Was gonna go see Lost City yesterday, but I couldn't stomach seeing the Nicole commercial, so I stayed home. <laughs> I am, Damn. I am
0: I'm telling terrible. you what, I, it gets worse and worse.
3: I mean, it's a great
0: commercial. I just wish I saw it on TV now and again, rather than... After 25 minutes of trailers and three, go get some soda at AMC spots. Then you think the movie's about to start and AMC shows you a commercial about coming to AMC theaters. Again, it's like making somebody look at your dating profile when you're already in the middle of having sex. It (laughs) makes no sense.
1: And it's just a waste. But isn't it now because it's become such a punchline when you see it, it becomes entertaining and joyous? No, ironic in like, a way.
0: Start the fucking movie. This this it said seven p.m. showtime. It's now seven thirty-one. Why am I looking at Nicole Kidman? Well,
1: as a lifelong mean? fan of redheads and being a fan of hers all the way back to Dead Calm and what BMX expanded. I never I, I never uh I never take a Nicole Kidman sighting for granted.
3: That right. ad only makes sense if you were black bagged, have your hood lifted up all of a sudden, then you're like, "Oh, I'm in an AMC." <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> it's a good thing I never would have. Yeah, done. my kidnappers took me to see a movie. How delightful. Like there's there's no purpose. It's a
0: great commercial to play
3: on television.
1: They need to change something where they actually have a couple break up in the middle of a movie. Like some woman leaves her <laughs> boyfriend, like, or something. But
2: it does feel good here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: Heartbreak, yeah.
2: heartbreak <laughs> feels. Good. But also, it kind of feels like preaching to the choir. Like, bitch, I'm already in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly the is a bitch, but like, I'm already here. Why don't you go tell everybody that's watching it on streaming? Mm-hmm. All right, what's next?
3: From Mikey Bell, or Mickey Bell, excuse me. Thank you for all the awesome body of work, Bruce Willis. My favorite is The Fifth Element, which turns 25 years old this year. It Ooh. is
0: crazy. Now, I'm going to admit, I am not the world's is biggest fan of Fifth oh, Element. I, I, I like Fifth Element. I don't think it's the great classic that most people do, but the reality is most people do. And it is bonkers crazy. But it, like, that's why I said earlier, you could take away the Die Hard movies. And you're still looking at Fifth Element, Sixth Sense, Sin City, Pulp Fiction, 12 Monkeys, Looper, Armageddon, Whole Nine. He still has a Hall of Fame career, mm-hmm. even if you take away Die Hard. And if you take away all the other movies and all he has is Die Hard, you've got a Hall of Fame career. I mean, it's yippee ki man. I mean, thank you, Bruce Willis. All right, what's next?
3: All right, from Dana's Productions, I honestly don't like that Disney editing the show.
0: At the end of the day, though, I, I'm going to propose this dance, and I can't say this for certainty, but I'd be
1: willing to bet a little
0: bit of money that if somebody didn't point out to you and you went back and watched again, you wouldn't have even noticed. Hmm. Yeah. Like, it's oh, not I might incont- have noticed much that much.
1: continuity issue.
0: The continuity that issue, one. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you're in a, if you're gonna change the one part, I don't know why they didn't change the other. But so yeah. wait,
2: so they they take out when he actually gets impaled, yeah. but then later we see that person impaled. Yeah. Apparently, yes. Well, then, yeah, they continuity should. problem, John. They should just be super glued to the wall.
1: Something just struck me. Why is Nicole Kidman in an empty theater? <laughs> like, doesn't that kind of, I mean... Man, when you're wh- rich, you can do so much shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
3: like, eh, I'm going to go see the last city yeah, John can't that theater. <laughs> but she's like
1: in a theater where no one's gone to see the movie. So she's in a movie that's not making any money for anybody.
3: You're right.
0: It's like AMC saying, nobody comes to our theaters. Dear God, please somebody come to somebody our theater.
1: Somebody come. I mean, you know... I didn't
0: even think about that. No one's in the theater. Like, why doesn't she walk in with the whole just packed you house? We have had private theaters for... Spider-Man screenings and the for Batman.
1: Batman screenings. Mm-hmm. So maybe she did a private theater for one. Yeah, but that just shows her privilege. She's not one of the regular people that actually goes to AMC she's uh,
3: an AMC movie in a glittery jumpsuit. I mean, she's in yeah, her best life. Not anything to screen privilege, it's before she
0: walks into the <laughs> right. theater. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, Casey Mack, one of two. So with the sad news that Bruce Willis is stepping down from acting, I have two questions for you all. What movie or even TV show introduced you to the great Bruce Willis? And what were your favorite? Where are you, Casey? Movies with him in it. For me, it was Die Hard that introduced me to him. But I feel, feel the element was his best. Also liked him in Looper, Pulp Fiction, The Sixth Sense, and Unbreakable.
0: I, not my favorite movie. I think his best performance might have been Sixth Sense. Like, I mean, mm. really, his performance in it is absolutely
1: fantastic. It, it makes that movie. Yeah. If it, his performance didn't work, the, the twist wouldn't work. The whole. 100%. I, I but mean, it, was, that, it was
0: Moonlighting that introduced me to him when yeah, I was a yeah, kid. I mean, I think for, for me, Over a certain age, probably it was Moonlighting.
2: And I feel like the will they, won't they that you were referencing earlier totally set the stage for X-Files, will they, won't they. I mean, the whole will they, won't
1: they, oh, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah.
2: really started from Moonlighting. And what came first, Moonlighting or Remington
0: Steele? I think Moonlighting did, didn't it? I'm not sure. I think
1: Remington Steele might have come. Did that come
3: first? Because uh, that had
0: the will they won't they kind uh, of yeah. to it as well. Oh man, with Pierce Brosnan. I watched reruns
3: of that and was so in love with Pierce Brosnan. Oh, oh. yeah. Everybody what knew. Dreamboat. Like that was the last time I remember
0: that. Uh, probably the last time ever when the question of who should the next James Bond be, it was kind of like there was a universal acknowledgement. Oh, it should be a Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Everybody knew it should be Pierce Brosnan, and eventually he did. All right. What's next?
3: All right, from Blake62, if they ever make Madagascar 4, there's going to be some awkward dialogue between Marty and Gloria. That's Chris and Jada.
2: Oh, I see. I see. Well, they've been having beef
3: since 2016, so Sunday was nothing new. This was just the final straw. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw, I don't buy that the Academy didn't know what to do about Will Smith after the incident. If they are truly against violence and condone it, why do you... Is there another one? Why do you Uh, do Do you need a board meeting? There should be no debate discussion necessary and he should have been removed from the theater. No, I'm
0: going to disagree with you. Look, do I think he should have been removed from the theater? I do because I think anybody else would have been. But here's the thing. As Rob pointed out, you're live on air on other than a sporting event, the most watched television event of the year. And you're talking about a megastar and one of the most important categories of the night. That's not something you make a decision on in a split second. That is something that you do need to confer who, number one, who has the authority to make that decision. I doubt there's any one person alone that had the authority to make that decision.
2: Well, immediately after it happened, people backstage were saying that the the head of the academy, Will Smith's publicist, the director of the show, like there was a whole gaggle of people that went into a private room together. Yes, to ha- in
0: the hotel, rather it was right beside it. I think they, they that, went over there that They meet. were
2: like, what are we gonna do about this? Yeah, and they and, were having they only that had like
0: literally minutes. Yeah. They literally had minutes. So-
2: and also he, you know, I, mean, I was thinking about this from my days of, my many, many days of waiting tables and working in bars you know i've seen people get slapped in a bar the person that did the slapping that didn't they didn't automatically get ejected it depended on the establishment you know i mean look at the beginning of roadhouse versus the end of roadhouse totally different establishments um you know but it was the person that was out of control that was so yeah i i, I don't know i think that had, did you ever
1: beat anyone's ass when you were working in a bar
2: I have, but we are doing our chat thread. I will tell you about that later.
0: <laughs> I did, yeah. It's supposed to say, Al, that I I, do completely buy what the Academy is saying here, because to me, that does make logical sense. Even though I was asking the same questions beforehand, when I read the explanation, I think, Rob, you and I both went, yeah, actually, that does make sense. I see
1: where they're going I mean, could you imagine, if what were they going to do? Send in police, security to... What if Will Smith, obviously his dander was up. What if he the con- scene continued and he was screaming? It would have been. An I think ugly... if the scene
2: had continued a hundred percent, they would have they would have cut to commercial. Yeah, and something would have happened. But the fact that it was that Denzel came over, talked to him, things seemed to be calm, and they were like, oh, "Okay, I think the moment is passed. Let's just deal with this after the yeah. show."
0: But again, again, I just don't think it was a decision that. They could have just made on a snap no, like I don't that. Either. There too many
1: implications. Yeah. There, there many was implications. nothing that would have had come that was All right. good We're out
0: We're really that. behind schedule here, so let's let's start flying here. What's next?
3: Carlos, 16NG, the 2026 World Cup is in USA, Mexico, Canada. And Canada's going to be a part of it now. They qualified. I can't believe it. All right, what's next? From John Amir again, what was the true moment he knew it had to be done? That was the true moment he knew it had to be done. Oh, that must have been a follow-up to his last question. Sorry. What was the last question? I can't remember. Um... Uh. Oh, the Superman moment. Oh, yes,
0: yes. You're absolutely right. As soon as he says, plead with him to stop and he said, never, that's when he knew. That's absolutely when he knew, John. All right, what's next?
3: Film Code Podcast. Just got around to seeing Pretty Woman for the first wow. time. Wow. Roberts is really pretty.
0: <laughs> I wonder <laughs> was her. I'm telling you what, there was a reason for about eight years in Hollywood, the question became, who's the next Julia Roberts? That, yeah. that was, the, it wasn't who's the next big actress. It was, who's the next Julia Roberts? She was so huge mm-hmm. for a time. And you know what? I think my favorite movie of hers, um, ooh, actually it's it's close, but it's not pretty woman. Mystic Pizza? Not even Mystic Pizza. It's two that most a lot of people don't talk about. You've heard me talk about one quite a bit, which is my best friend's wedding. I love that. It's love one of it. the only endings of a movie that made me cry. Uh so and it was Julia Roberts on Flatliners. Hollywood. Uh nope. <laughs> Runaway Bride. Nope. <laughs> It's. It was the first time I ever saw Dwight Schrute from The Office. Uh, uh, What's his name? Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. He has a small part as a film critic. It's called America's Sweetheart with John Cusack, Billy Crystal, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. That movie. If you've ever done a press junket, that movie is life. the The movie America's Sweethearts to me. I love that movie so much. It is so funny and so true in so many ways um you gotta see it have you have any of you guys seen America's sweetheart oh yeah it's hysterical oh god i love that but movie. you
2: know what really i mean i think it was the uh, steel magnolias oh,
0: she was really incredible an academy award for Aaron brockovich yeah. mm-hmm. so one of my favorite stories i always remind anna of in my marriage and hey john yes sweetheart what's that movie the one about aaron brockovich <laughs> <laughs> aaron brockovich yeah, I'm, I'm never allowed to say that one again in front of My parents
2: went and saw that, and my, I, asked my, I asked my parents the next day, I said, so what did you guys think of Aaron Brockovich? My my mom goes, well, your father liked it, but he said you could have played that role much better than that girl.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> That's what dads are Thanks, for. Thanks, Dad. All right, dad. what's next? All right, from Nikita Mahanen. Hey, John and Rob, are the official Morbius reviews out yet? Did y'all see them? Aren't the first screenings tomorrow afternoon or evening? Damn, mind blown.
0: Yeah, no, the review embargo doesn't lift for another four hours. Yikes. The movie comes out tomorrow. The review embargo doesn't list until 5 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Not a good sign, my friend. One of our
1: viewers sent me, somebody broke that embargo and wrote a review on Letterboxd, you know, that site on the yep. web
2: what happens if they do that
1: i i don't think he's an official reviewer so i don't know if they could sanction yeah, in him or not you were jail it was a one and a half star review <laughs>
0: well anybody who brought them to the review will get can get sanctioned I mean, you gotta be really yeah. careful about that
1: it right. was yeah
0: but if that's one person uh, i no. i usually don't care i mean if you read the wrong review you're gonna read a bad review of the godfather
1: so. i just don't want this uh, you know if this becomes it would make me sad yeah movies are so hard to make yeah well we'll see i'm All sad right. already what's next
3: This is from Connie Sang! Connie! Sending in an almost $20 super chat. Thank Thank you, you, Connie. Connie. Saw everything everywhere all at once over the weekend, and I've never laughed and ugly cried so much at the same time before. Beautiful mind trip of a film. Also, shout out to Moon Knight for playing uh, Engelbert Humperdinck.
0: Yeah, a lot of people got introduced to Engelbert. I'm going to tell you this right now. I I had a little bit of a thought. I'm not ready to say this definitively. It might be my favorite film of the year so far. Everything everywhere all at once. Guys, I'm not kidding, it is fucking brilliant. It is so good. It's fun, it's funny, it's got true emotional uh elements to it. Michelle Yo is, is Michelle Yo. I mean, it's so Jamie Lee Curtis. I have not, it's been a long time. I don't think I've loved Jamie Lee Curtis as much since True Lies. Oh,
3: dang. She's okay. She's So good. It. That's it's not phrase. even the
0: biggest part, but it's she's in a good chunk of the movie. Mm, go see everything everywhere at once as soon as you guys get a chance. I just
3: that's want great. the posters now to say, Michelle Yeoh is Michelle Yeoh. That's that's that is, all what you need you to need know. To that sells
0: the movie right there. Oh. All right, I'm glad you liked it, Connie. All right, what's next?
3: From Reels and Heels, Disney Plus edited Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, they did.
0: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier, Reels. Uh, all right, what's next?
3: Fifi, Moon Knight. Woo!
0: Yep. I it's so much fun. I'll, I just hope, look, it doesn't have to get better. I just hope, and it, it can even decline in quality a little bit. <laughs> Just don't decline much. Right. Even if you take like a 10% decline for the rest of the show, this is still a great show. So I I hope it maintains its uh, momentum. What's next?
3: From Julian Mott, favorite episode of Marvel television since the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
0: Mm. (sighs) I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. I liked it, though. Um, I liked it. I liked it, favorite episode since probably something in WandaVision for Mm -hmm. me personally, but it was really a good, strong start, Julian. Good, strong start. All right, what's next?
3: From Tony Vailable. Hey, John and crew, this is my first message and today is my birthday! Happy birthday Happy birthday. birthday to you! Love the show. Keep up the awesome work.
0: Yeah, uh, Aaron Dude. almost getting us a content strike. I know, right yeah, sorry, so, so I, she thought, realize, I was like, oh oh, 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 So you realize, I like, honestly, Tony, happy birthday to you. Thank you for being here, being part of our community. May you have a wonderful day and a wonderful year ahead of you, my friend. That was one of my favorite parts of the Oscars, by the way, that, yeah. that was awesome. You think someone will give him a hot toy? Or do you want to just send it to you?
3: Send send it Mon Rob.
0: All right, what's next?
3: <laughs> From Irene Jobson here for the ass. JK. Mm. Uh,
0: that that goes back <laughs> to something Irene said the other day. All right, what's next?
3: Jonathan Deft, have you seen the new Mark La- Reliance movie The Outfit? It's an incredible mafia crime drama that all takes place in one location. I loved it and it's now my second favorite movie of the year behind The Batman.
0: I have got a couple of friends who
1: saw it and they loved it. Everybody loved it. And Everyone I have not had a chance. You got to see, see it. Same. is it going to be streaming shortly i know i hate it well within for 45
0: days i mean
1: we know well, yeah 40, i would lo- i'm going to try to get
0: out to seat in theaters when as soon as i get a chance but i've heard nothing, nothing but good but things jonathan things, yeah. you're the, just the latest person to tell me how good it is i'm really looking forward to it all right what's next
3: from kevin joyce good stuff in moon Knight episode one wonder if they'll fill in the gaps in some capacity episode two
0: I would think so. I'm not quite sure what you mean by filling the gaps. So like we're just in episode one. I mean these stories unfold. Yeah. So yeah, we're definitely going to get the next part as we go. I am very curious to find out what you
3: and Tom think about it once you guys. Get a yeah, we're going to watch it. it today. All right, what's next? From Jerome, because of shows like The Boys, Doom Patrol, we could get a live action character with poop powers, and they could make <laughs> you laugh a little bit and also show you how scary the powers would be. Didn't you guys tell me there is a character? Yeah, it's yeah. in the
1: Boys animated it's series. It's the
0: show oh, Diabolical. That's right, the yeah. Aquafina.
3: She can control your poop. That's oh, You could literally
1: gosh. kill anybody if you had that power. Exactly. Anybody.
3: You just rip through their intestines. You can
1: make it go backwards through their mouth.
3: Oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. Now with that image in our head, what's next? <laughs> Brooks Kirk. If Ezra won't do therapy, he should drink at home. Or not drink. <laughs> or, or yeah, if, it's drink, not, if not he's, drink, that's his yeah. behavior
0: when he drinks, maybe just not drink is really the more yeah. appropriate one. All right, what's next?
3: Joseph SFL, should Warner Brothers leave it to the new regimen to address the Ezra Miller situation? Do you expect they would handle it differently?
0: Okay, so yeah, of course, for those of you who may not know, there is a new ownership regime is coming in. David Zaslav is about to become the new CEO of all things Warner Brothers. He, of course, runs Discovery, and Discovery has bought Warner Brothers, uh, and it's going to be finalized in the next Six or seven weeks, I think. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, look, it's like we said, it's too late for them to do anything about Fantastic Beasts. That that movie is on the the precipice of opening. There's nothing they can do about it now. Flash is still a little bit of a ways off. And any decision, there's no point probably in Warner Brothers making a decision about Ezra today because tomorrow there's a new person in charge you might want to leave it for them to make that decision and what to do. I would David Zaslav though, does not suffer tomfoolery. Um, That's that. We know hearing some of the drama that's come out of different things that's happened at discover. Like he doesn't have time for that. Like there's enough problems with trying to run a business and be a small streamer to make billions of dollars without there being in house. Nonsense um and so I, I think you're gonna see him take some pretty definitive action but you're right they should wait till the next the next person is in charge which is gonna be very very I, I would say this if it was still months off i would say they need to make a move now but with it being so close you might as well wait till the person yeah, be in charge to it, yeah absolutely great question joseph all right what's next
3: superhero movies are the best what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way
2: oh what's that from What's done is done and cannot be undone. It's from the Scottish play by William
3: Shakespeare. Oh, I can't
0: remember what, but that's that's specifically from a movie oh, and I cannot remember go. what it is. Well, All right, anybody in the live chat knows what it is. Go ahead and yeah, say it. Okay, what's fun. next?
3: Matt um, McClure, canceled Disney Plus today, yay.
0: Well, I guess there's something that you didn't like.
3: Yeah. All right. What's next? You didn't next? get to see Moon Knight. Yeah, you're going to miss a lot of this show then. Uh, Evan, hey, John, Avengers Endgame hoodie with a Star Wars hat is the freshest outfit of all time.
0: Of course. I have my Avengers jacket, my, uh, my Avengers Endgame jacket that I got at the premiere on the other day. So, Just
1: one more evidence to support you're a Disney shill, John. Come on. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know what it
3: says
1: about
0: my my Superman thing today, but yeah, there you go. All right, what's next?
3: From Fifi. So, after rewatching the Batman for the 100th time, I realized the third act, which people claim came out of nowhere, was written that way on purpose. It came out of nowhere for Batman, too.
0: I don't know that that's that excuse. Like if if the third act is a weakness, and that's up for debate, I don't think that necessarily excuses it. Again, for me, I didn't think it felt like it came out of nowhere. I just felt like there were pacing issues. There were things that could have been reduced and maybe handled a little bit differently. But I, I didn't feel like things happened out of nowhere. I didn't. How did you guys feel? Like, am, am I safe in saying that, regardless of how fantastic the movie is, and maybe even the third act, that the third act, if there is a weakness to the film, that the third act might be the weakness of it. I think so.
1: See, I look. He asks himself at the beginning of the movie crime is up. I've been doing this for 2 years. I have not made a difference. I have not made a difference to Gotham. And we have this nefarious guy who who unleashes his megalomaniacal plan blowing up the seawall, flooding the city. Batman has to step in. It is Gotham that shows Batman that what he's doing matters because he rescues so many people. He's, he's rescuing infants in the aftermath of it. He's been working presumably for hours rescuing people and Gotham answered the question, Batman asks Gotham at the beginning of the movie, do you need me? Am I doing good? Should I continue doing this? And Gotham answers, yes, Batman, you should. That's what the end of the movie's about.
0: All right, what's that next? beautiful.
3: Uh, from Nathan Kruger, go. from the Oscar issue with Smith to another problem with Ezra Miller, does Hollywood need to be more strict with actors and in incidents of, involving assault? <laughs> well, I
0: mean here's the thing. Let's not <laughs> pretend like this is something that is that is that's happened monthly for the past four or five years. It has been a crazy week. No, no doubt. It has been a crazy week. With Ezra Miller, this is a systemic problem. This is something that has history going back, all that kind of stuff. But it's not like we're in a situation right now where we're finding out every month something like this happens. So I don't think there's a need to make a larger, a broader scale issue out of it than, than it needs to be. But with specific issues like an Ezra Miller one where this is clearly a pattern of behavior and it is a systemic issue, yeah, they do need to get a little bit more serious about that. Listen, I'm surprised today... In the world today, especially post-James Gunn, right? I don't believe any studio hires any director or any actor without hiring five college kids to go through every <laughs> post of their social media history, to talk to every ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, ex-business partner, ex-everything.
1: That's it, I'm never working again. <laughs> yes,
3: because Same. Today, I literally did that when I was an HR intern. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, that's... because
0: at stake <clears throat> is literally projects that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So I, I believe that's going to continue to be the, I think vetting people that work with you is going to continue to be a big thing. But I, again, I, I, as an industry wide issue, I don't think we need to think about it on that level yet, but with specific issues like Ezra, they absolutely Can I, do. can
2: I also say like why I chuckled a couple people in the, like, why are you laughing? That's a legitimate question. Here's why I'm laughing is because, you know, Actors in Hollywood are not, by virtue, crazy, drunken, privileged assholes, okay? Like, actors are just other people, and that just happens to be their job. In every single city, in every single country, all over the world, there are people that have drinking problems. There are people that are privileged. There are people that are assholes. There are people that are that make a lot of money, and they fling it around, and they're just douchebags, male, female, and otherwise, it just happens to be that they don't get written about every time that they get drunk and go out in public and act like an asshole. They don't get, you know, people aren't taking photographs of them and like splattering their arrest. Like a lot of people have a DUI. And you know what? If you have a DUI personally, I think you're an asshole for driving drunk yet. No one is writing about it. And no one is like taking up space all over the internet to talk about you being an asshole for driving drunk and putting other people in danger. However, when an actor does it, it makes news. So no, not every actor. In fact, the vast majority of actors are lovely, non-drunk, non-multi-millionaire people. They're just people just like everybody else, just trying to do a job, put food on their table, and pay their bills doing something that they love. So stop acting like it's actors that are the problem. The problem is that people are people, and sometimes people are assholes. The, the
0: one thing, because you're completely right. I'm reminded of a quote from one of my favorite writers, Tony Campolo, who said, and I could say it myself, if you guys saw me on my worst moment, you wouldn't listen to me. Same. But if I saw your worst moment, I wouldn't want to talk to you. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing. The one difference, though, the one minor difference between, I think, like with the celebrities who constantly <clears throat> have the cameras on them is that. Their mistakes and snafus can cost other people hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. True, yeah, 100%. I won't, I, won't, I won't cost anybody anything except myself. But I mean, yeah, you're and absolutely there right. And there seems the to be
2: the perception that they'll get away with it, which sometimes that is right. But that is also true for politicians. That is also true for people who know politicians. That is also true for people who work in industries
3: where they have a lot of money. It's not just actors. Yeah,
0: one is just more visible to us. Yeah. Exactly. Others. All right, what's next?
3: All Right from John Redcorn. Do you think that one of the reasons WDB delayed Flash was because of Miller's issues? They may know more about it than we do. The only reason
0: I would say no is because it did seem to be a slate-wide move. It wasn't just Flash that got moved. It was a lot of other things that got moved, too. And that this the move happened prior to these latest incidents that we have now. Mm-hmm. It, it, the two truths may not be mutually exclusive. I mean, they both may be true, but I don't think it would be, be exclusively because of that. And
2: I think we would have heard more buzzes. Agree, we would yeah. have heard under, you know, yeah. rumblings.
0: Yeah. All right, what's next?
3: From Ryan Padilla. Uh, hey, John, been watching since 2013 when I was a senior in high school. I remember you and Ama Rose and Dennis in that AMC closet. Yeah,
0: actually, it's funny. We were just talking about the old closet days with, uh, with Ray. We literally, when I convinced AMC that we should start a, a movie video show, uh, AMC Burbank 16 had this big glorified storage closet. They were just using this big round areas as, as storage. Oh, I remember that. And, I visited
2: you there. Yep.
0: And they gave it to us. They let us use it as a studio. And we went in there and cleaned it all out. And for the first year or two, <laughs> yeah, maybe two or three we were in that storage closet. So those are the days, man. Those are the days. All right. What's next?
3: Casey Mack? I also found lucky number eleven a very underrated type of good fun. Love that movie. It's a
0: very guy Ritchie kind of movie. Right? Right? I love I love oh, it too. It's so fun yeah, I, I don't love it, but it it definitely it puts a smile on my face. Yeah, that's a movie put a smile on my, my face. boxes.
3: I like it. All right, what's next? Sean Miner, literally watching from my design class. You guys rock. Oh, thank you so much. You know what? Allowing, all the trouble. way back to the movie blog days, mm-hmm. I would always be fascinated to find out how
0: many people were either listening to our podcast or watching our video shows from work mm-hmm. or school. It's like, well, I really should be telling you to pay attention to what i are doing, <laughs> but by
3: all means,
0: check us out and watch our show. All right, what's next?
3: All right, from Luke1234, Movie Club 1987's Robocop. I doubt it, but possibly could be a good one. RoboCop's not a
0: bad one to do. Maybe,
3: mm, maybe. I think it'd be a good one. Just maybe. I think
0: it'd be a really good. One. Yeah, it could be. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll put that on the. Uh, I'll put that on the burner there, Luke. All right. What's next?
3: Josh Katz, Curtis. Been rewatching Atlanta, catching up for season three. My lord. All I got to say is Teddy Perkins absolutely haunting. What are your thoughts?
0: Are you talking about that episode in season two with uh, with uh, Lakeith? Yeah, that, that episode is bonkers. It that episode's
1: weird. It's really good.
0: Anne and I got, got caught up on the ending of season two because we haven't seen it in years before season three. I have not started watching season three yet. Anne has. She's all caught up. I just walked in in the middle for watching episode two of season three, the blackface episode. All I know is that for... I just watched five minutes of it. And I, was, I was laughing and uncomfortable and... Woo, I cannot wait to watch Episodes 1. Have you guys started catching up on... No. Uh, not the MLM? new season. I need not, to. Oh, I, 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 yeah, Anne's been watching so far. All right, what's next?
3: From Dance Productions. I'm curious to know Aaron's thoughts about Will Smith. Well... If only she would
2: <laughs> feel open I
0: to
3: this... I know, discussing. I just
2: need to like break out of my shell a little bit. you know, so shy. Just, you know, I you
1: know. should really learn to share your feelings more.
2: Yeah. It Tom's really always telling me, Aaron just keeps
0: everything bottled up. I know. Only always so to bottled to up. All out. right, what's next?
3: Film Code Podcast. My favorite nomination this year was pa- uh, Paul Tazewell. Yeah. Love his work and loved Rob's interview with him. Wonder if oh, flaws, flaws in design from the past remain when they recreate period pieces.
0: For those of you who don't know, there is a, a, a for, I, I'm a little biased now, but a terrific show called Designing Hollywood where we feature. The behind the the behind the scenes people, the the costume designers, cinematographers, artists, stuff like that, who make up the images that we see on screen, and it's a fantastic show that was spearheaded by iconic Hollywood film designer Marilyn Vance, who basically designed the look of movies in the eighties. She designed 90s. Die Hard. She was the designer the of Die Hard. Of Die Hard. Um, and uh, uh, Martika Ibarra, they created this show, and they are now that show is now on the John Campia network i guess say it's here and and we just put one up with the designer of he did uh, hamilton story and hamilton paul Tazewell, as well and And, you just did that
1: interview yeah and he's right now he's working on the michael jackson broadway show he he's an incredibly talented guy I was very impressed with him this week we have and he was nominated for an academy Award, award yeah we have the costume designer who designed the green knight and you will find out what a vegan costume is all right. I didn't know there were vegan costumes. Well, there's but.
2: vegan leather. Yeah. Is that kind of the. A-
1: yes, yes. Thanks
0: for bringing that up, Film Code. Appreciate that. All right, what's next?
3: From Tim Bad news. Italy isn't this year's in this know, World Cup. I know,
0: Tim. Thanks.
3: With good news. <laughs> Canada is in it for the first time in 36 years. So congrats, John.
0: I, I am excited about that, but man, I would love it if, if I could. Because, you know, every World Cup, I don't watch a lot of soccer, but every World Cup, I, I break out the Italian flag or wrap myself in it, watch.
1: I'll tell you, going to some of the restaurants, the like, if you go, if the teams, the restaurants for the countries that are playing, the most fun I've had in L.A. is going to World Cup games at various. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find who's hosting because some of these restaurants just do it up.
2: Are there any Canadian restaurants in L.A.?
1: Are there any? Is there Canadian cuisine? Oh, there's poutine. There's poutine. poutine That's all they
2: serve is just poutine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There
2: are, there
0: are protein <laughs> places. But that's it. Way. All right.
1: They're Last, not going to get it. The-
0: <laughs> Last question of the day. What's it? So,
3: this is from Josie Reviews. Me, which Spider Man universe is Morbius in? Sony, keep my Spider Man out of your fucking mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah. I And from what I'm hearing, again, I haven't seen the movie yet myself, that we're going to come out of the movie more confused than ever. That, that's kind of where we're, we're, we're hearing is like, we thought, thought going into Morbius, we find out, mm-hmm. okay, now which universe does this take? Which Spider Man is in that universe? Blah, 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 from what I'm hearing, and again, I haven't seen it myself. I'll see it myself tomorrow, and I'll know for sure. Is we're just going to walk out of the movie even more confused about that question than ever before? So, uh, how does this happen, John? Well, I don't know. I, like, Watch how that. can they knock it out of the park with Venom like they did? And and I don't know. Again, I haven't seen Morbius yet. I'm going to keep hopes high. All right, we also got super chats. Just to be supportive from Superhero Displays, Donald Williams, sends like a $10 one. Thank you. Our friend Marie Seifring and Dustin Evans sends in like a $20 one as well to support us. Thank you so much, guys, for that support. And guys, that'll do it for this almost record-long edition of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the Super Chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the John Campion Show Thank you guys so very much for your support. I want to thank Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Burnett, find me on Twitter at RM, or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work. The
0: owner and possessor of a brand new car, Chris Carr. Yes! <laughs>
3: Get it. Where can people find you? Uh, driving well. Um, you can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on both Twitter and Instagram. I also teach through eebstudios.com voiceover classes. I have a new one in April, so you should sign up. Or you can go to my own website, chris-car.com to take private coaching lessons with me.
0: And joining us here today, not only by herself, is of course Erin Cummings and Joey Bishop is here. Where can people follow you guys? Oh,
3: you
2: can come check us out on Instagram at Erin L. Cummings. And please wish us luck in pilot season. We need a job to buy diapers.
0: Okay. (laughs) Oh, look how cute Joey is. Oh my God. And of course you guys can follow me on Instagram, and on Twitter. You can see it right there, simply at John Campia. Once again, guys. Uh, if you guys are part of the channel membership, we're going to have at 2 o'clock. Did I say one thirty before? But 2 think, o'clock, no. 2 o'clock, okay. yeah. It should be 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, though a little, more, a little under an hour from now. We're going to be having our open town hall meeting. For those of you guys who are members, make sure you guys come and join us for that. And then at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today, we've got our Moon Knight open spoiler discussion. We hope to see you there. And of course, come back and join us for the John Campia Show again tomorrow. So until next time, guys, thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until then, my friends, bye-bye.